Welcome to the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party with my dad and my sister Mary. Partygoers, and welcome to a special edition of Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. My name is David Dedrick. And my name is Mary Dedrick. And I guess I guess every episode of the Listening Party is is special. So this is an extra special episode, Mary. Why is this extra special? This is extra special because I decided it would be fun, and it was really fun, mm-hmm. to go back through 2020 oh, okay. and pick all of my favorite songs from that year. Right. So I'm calling it my top 20 of 20. Which means when I get to the year 2032, it's going to be really difficult because it was really difficult to choose 20 songs, actually. I found I got to 19 mm. and I would have been happy to stop there. But because I decided I was going to do 20 of 20 right. and it was not no longer it was no longer 2019, Yes, I, um, I had to find that one extra song. So mm. I really had to... Um, well, that explains that one stinker. <laughs> not, I don't think there's any stinkers on here because actually... Actually, I, I really, really liked this mix. I, I, I've lived with it for the last little while. And because uh, modern music is so long, I, could only, I could, couldn't fit 20 songs onto one CD. Yeah. I had to do it across two CDs. It's basically a 45-minute album and a 38-minute album to have the break where I wanted it. And I guess we'll have to figure out from there where, where the side-enders are for each album in this collection of, of songs. So you can imagine you went to the store... Mm-hmm. And you said, you know what? I want to get the best songs of the year. And so you looked at, uh, you know, it's not KTEL, it's K-Rap mm-hmm. Records. Yep. And you decided, uh, I'm going to go get their collection and this is what I'm going to get. So it's a two record set. And then we'll have to decide uh, where the side breaks are from there. Right. But I have to say, I really enjoyed making it. And I really enjoyed listening to it for the last two days because the songs are fresh. Yeah. You know, yes. some of them I've only heard, I haven't heard them many, many times. I've only heard them a few times mm-hmm. before uh, because I... You know, one of one of our listeners, Kenan Grawl, asked a question a while back, and his question was, "Do you listen to music all the time?" Mm-hmm. No, I listen to music three most co- of the time, most of the time, <laughs> and, and then I watch Dark Shadows the rest of the time. True, that is where, or at least right now, that's where true. I am right now with my viewing, viewing and listening. Dad was making fun of me today for being obsessive. <laughs> well, I was being ironic. And then immediately launched into a 50-minute long explanation of Dark Shadows to Duncan, who had very little interest in it. That's okay. But was polite. Yes, that's all I expect from my, from my rantings. <laughs> the most you can expect in this world. Yeah. This polite nodding of the head. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Oh. oh. Oh, how I have heard that before. <laughs> So the eyes glazed over. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get it. I see that same look in Eve's eyes whenever I talk about birds. <laughs> so your current obsession. So, um, yeah. So, so I really, I, so I just wanted to, yeah. And he also asked, do I listen to new music? And yes, I do listen to new music. I mean, I do mix it in with the old and the new, but um, uh, throughout the year I listen to, you know, I listen to, well, I like Uncut and Mojo compilations. They often uh, throw some interesting new songs my way. Unfortunately, sometimes they throw me new songs or new songs to me, and I'm like, oh, this is a great song. It'll be great on a 2012. Oh, no, it's from 2017. Darn it. Mm. But uh, yeah, often it's, um, I get, get, you know, I get clues from there. And then, you know, there's just bands I like, or I'll find them through other ways. I might hear them in a, in a TV show or whatever. 
or just in, through some fl- fluky uh, means, I, it, I, I stumble across a song. And then there's also, yes, like I said, old favorites, bands that I like a lot. But, you know, quite a few old favorites didn't make it into this, into this mix. Um, last year we had Modern Nature. And although I like their album from this year, it didn't have anything quite as stand out ish as as on as that first album, which I thought was really great. Hmm. And then Elvis Costello put in a new album this year called Hey oh, Clock he? Face. I did, thought it was okay, but there's one really great song on there. Don't ask me what it's called. I could look at my notes that I, I make when I'm listening to music. Let me just pull my book out here. A song called Byline. Okay. I recommend even if you're not a big uh, Costello fan, that's quite a good song. And if you're uh, if you're on Spot- your Spotify or whatever, I'm sure it's available there. It's from his new album, Hit Clock Face. It's called Byline. It's well worth hearing. And then the new Field Music album didn't make it on- make-, make my list either. Oh, really? I've not listened to it, to be honest. I have to say that I'm not a huge fan of the kind of pop funk their music has taken a turn towards. Oh, okay. I prefer their art rock, kind of prog slash art slash rock. Slash folk. Slash folk, slash, yeah. <laughs> slash, yeah. I just prefer that kind of sound to where they are now with uh, yeah. this kind of Prince-inspired... I know that uh, you're not scratchy, a... Scratchy, scratchy guitar yeah. thing. I know that you're not a fan, but I did quite like their sound um, when Father John Misty was in the band. Oh, I'm talking about field music. Oh, field music, sorry. I was thought, for some reason, I heard Fleet Foxes. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, the Fleet Foxes one was okay as well. I didn't yeah. think it, um, you know... I do like the first album a lot. I do think there's weaknesses to it, where mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of like just love of of kind of making making noise, but it's right. kind of very generic. It doesn't really have yeah. like a melody to it or anything. It feels kind of like they're just having some fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feel there's a certain amount of aimlessness on this on their new album as well. Oh I yeah, just, I can't I can't get behind it. Too. Right. But there's not something like White Winter Hymnal. Yeah. To really like you know get your attention mm-hmm. and then you kind of will relax over the rest of the songs there's a lot of moaning and singing over top right. of a, a strum guitar yeah and this kind of had a similar feel to me this was actually much, much more poppy and when i first heard the song off it i was like this sounds like fleet foxes but it couldn't be but it, <laughs> it was but it's much it's much uh, kind of more more contemporary sounding right uh so yeah that didn't make my list either what didn't make my list i think is all really good and yeah so, some of it's new and some of it's old some of it people have Wait. heard music by i mean some of the oh. ba- bands are oh, old, old okay. to us you know i like, was like well how yeah. could it be old if it came out in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. some of it's ancient it came out almost a whole year ago I can you mean, imagine yeah yeah I just can you the bands imagine dad West, dad can you imagine <laughs> listening to music that came out more than a year ago oh wow that would be wild yeah it would be something i can't imagine doing that <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I just meant new, new to us, not new to, new to like new no, to the show. I getcha. New to the listening party. Yes. And even people in the listening party might have heard them before, but they're new to me. Right. Or, or this is the first time I've liked them. Yes. You know that can also be a case where mm-hmm. the stuff before kind of left me cold, and then right. I heard a new song, and I'm like, what? Like the when heck? you heard a a ghost is born. So yeah, called? that's right. The Wilco yeah. album. Yeah, I mean. When you Still. were like, you were like, meh, Wilco. And then yeah. you heard that album and you were like, oh, this is good. Still to this day. I mean, yeah, there's a new Wilco album this year. And I was kind of like, meh, it's okay. It's no A Ghost is Born. Right. Which is my my uh, stunning review of everything. For some reason, I always forget the name of that album. And also want to call it A Ghost is Horse. Which, <laughs> I mean, like, realistically, yeah. is as illogical as A Ghost is Born. I don't think either one of them makes less sense. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's a lyric from one of the songs on the album, and so I imagine that it makes some sort of lyrical sense. Right, in context, sure. But 
you know, <laughs> I'm shrugging my shoulders. You know what I mean? I was just thinking about Elvis Costello naming his albums after song lyrics. Yes. And I'm kind of thinking that he named his album Hey Clock Face, and there's a song on it called Hey Clock Face, and I don't like that. Oh. The lyrics should come from inside, like inside the song. Yes. There shouldn't be a title track. Right. Because that's not something he's done very often. I guess he's done it in the past, but it's not something he's done a lot. Okay, well, let's start our first song, Mary, because we have we have 20 songs to get through today. 20? Yes. Well, we better be quick. We better Speed be... Speed it up. <laughs> Speed it up. So we're going to start off with a, you know, like like I said before, there's some bands that are going to be new, and some bands are going to be old, old hat to us. We're going to be like, ugh, Dave, nothing yeah. new about this band. Ugh, who is this? The Beatles? <laughs> That's the song I chose. Dad's like, Dad's like, here's a song that came out in 2020. It's by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> well, the album came out in 2020. <laughs> It's a remastered like... version. <laughs> yeah. It's a greatest hits compilation that That's... came out in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> Best of the year. <laughs> Beatles, Frank Sinatra, Conway Twitty. Yep. This is white Den- this is white denim. Oh, okay. With the new album this year. Uh the album's called World as a Waiting Room. And can you guess what year it's from there? Um is it from 2020? You are correct. Oh, Very nice. Good. good job. Thank you. They give you a little it's gonna get put your pen here. Is that a plus one for that? This is a check mark for check mark. rating getting that rate. Nice. Good job. Great. Nice job. Very proud of myself. So let's hear let's give a listen to World as Oh, it's not World as a waiting room. The song is called I Don't Understand Rock and Roll. Okay. And I just want to point out it's not rock in roll, but rock and roll. Oh. So it's the more mm-hmm. official version of it, rather right. than the more loosey goosey rock and roll. So uh here we go, everyone.
Mare? Yes. Uh, you like white denim, I think. I, I think so. <laughs> okay. What I you... don't like denim, but oh. I believe I do like white denim. Okay. Actually, white denim is probably worse than just regular denim, just in terms of care and maintenance. Oh, well, yeah. That makes sense. It's terrible. Yeah. It's walk one one foot out of your house and you have to go back inside and change your pants yeah i very rarely wear white in mm. general although mm-hmm. i am wearing a white shirt right now mm-hmm. um but i just find it too difficult to care for yeah i'm a messy person <laughs> you know spend too much time rolling around in mud <laughs> to wear white very honest very honest of you <laughs> yeah i'm the same i don't yeah. wear much white no um you know, this song is called, wait, what's it called? I Don't Like Rock and Roll? I Don't Understand Rock and Roll. Well, despite that name, yeah. I thought it was a pretty rockin' song. <laughs> it was pretty rockin'. Yeah. Um, but I, thought, I liked it. Yeah. I it was fun. Yeah. It's catchy. And again, it is rocking. <laughs> it does rock. And it has that great, I don't know how they get the and, sound. Oops, sorry. And it rolls. Anyway, continue. Thank you for that You're welcome. update. Yep. I'm glad that you quickly edited, edited yeah, your notes. Yeah, well, you know. On the fly. Eh. <laughs> yep. So... I do. I was going to say, I love the sound they get to their guitars. Mm-hmm. There's almost like a soft squishiness, a creaminess to the sound of the guitars. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain. I don't know if I like that squishy guitar. But you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just got this really kind of like, it's not no, harsh sound. It's not like a trebly sound. Right. It sounds like a wet, a water-laden sponge. So they get this kind of really creamy sound to their guitar, which I really like. And what was fun about this album is I guess they'd been working for quite a while on a what's been described as a heady, heady prog rock album. And they put that on hold. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that sounds great. Because uh, like D, D, their fourth album, the letter D, is like a real kind of like prog rock. But what's nice about it, it's not long songs. It's short songs, but with a really proggy sound to it. So it's a lot of fun. But this album, they decided to, when once the quarantine came, like once the COVID started and things were kind of shutting down, they decided they were going to do an album in three months. Okay. So they're going to write... Mm-hmm. record, like mm-hmm. write, produce, record an album, mix yeah. it and everything, and it was going to be out in three months. Wow. And so they started working on it. And the reason they decided, one of the reasons they decided to do this was because a record plant had opened up down the road from them. So they could conceivably record this album, walk the tapes down the road, and have it mastered and and, and, and uh, printed there. Cool. Where and do that, they live? They live in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. They built their own studio there called uh, Radio Milk. Mm-hmm. And that's where they record. Mm-hmm. So, but what happened, of course, is handy that to have their own studio. Super handy to have their own yeah. studio. I mean, that's what's really increased their their productivity is like gone up to the roof. But mm-hmm. what happened though is that ten days into the recording, so the the three basic members of the group, Steve Terabecki, mm-hmm. James Petrelli, who's mm-hmm. the writer, uh, singer, and guitar player, and then uh, Clifford Robert Olson. <laughs> I hope not. Great Clifford. Sorry, I said mm-hmm. the wrong name. Clifford, the big red dog, who plays drums in the group. They have to have a giant shed out back for him to play in right bigger than the actual yeah house that they're located in yep <laughs> what does he play sorry <laughs> he plays the drums the drums okay that yeah. makes most that yeah. makes the most well, sense he uses two two He's... giant bones yeah as drumsticks exactly i mean you He's can't just... expect a dog to have the finger dexterity to do to play guitar or, or not even bass or even bass. Even, even bass. That yeah. Can play. yeah. Even bass, yeah. which yeah. dad is implying is way easier to play the guitar. And also <laughs> they can't speak, so they, he can't sing. Well, that's even better because, you know, the, the what, everyone always says, why, why, what was the last thing the drummer said before he was kicked out of the band? Hey, guys, why aren't we playing one of my songs? So, <laughs> you know, like the fact that he can't speak or have any opinions of what he's doing. That's even better to the other his other bandmates. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So anyway, so the three of them. A, sorry, I think that there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of band leaders that we've talked about yeah. on this podcast that would enjoy having bandmates like that. 
Loves the dog. Yeah. Loyal. Good at following direction. You know? That's right. Pavlovian. And easily and easily pla- placated. Placated. <laughs> I, say, I say placated. But I've heard it say placated, but I think placated sounds dumb. I think so too. Whereas placated sounds sounds good. Mm, yeah, that's my whole that's my whole pronunciation system. Right. So they recorded the basic tracks. Ten days into the recording sessions, the lockdown came, so everyone had to like go home. And so what happened then is they just started like getting their friends to contribute to the tracks. They would just like record them in their house, and then they would add them to the to the tracks. So cool. so it has the basic tracks, and it has. Uh, three, uh, two other guitar players playing on it, mm-hmm. and then a guy, and then a guy named Mike St. Clair playing trombone. Which you can tell me there's a trombone on there. I, I don't know where it is. Is there a trombone solo? I don't think so. But it's weird. Isn't there one at the end? Is that right? Is there? Is there a trombone solo at the end that I missed? I don't think there's a trombone solo at the end. I think yeah. there's a trombone sound at the end. Okay, I missed it entirely. Ah, uh, I, I don't know. It's great that it's there. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm yeah. bad at recognizing instruments, as I've discussed on this podcast already okay raises the question why am i on this podcast but (laughs) could not answer that um but yeah maybe no one else would do it (laughs) what you thought you were the first choice dad dad is like looking at his phone and there's like all these calls from all these like everyone else in his contact list and there's like or like there's a list and everyone else is crossed off and then my name's down at the bottom with a question mark after it and he's like pulls out his phone hey there (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing tonight? What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing? What? But watching birds? Get over here. Not at that time. I was probably... <laughs> Obsessively watching Veronica Mars. Yeah. True. <laughs> That's has been going on for a while. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, they just... I just... It's a lot of fun. I think it's a... It's a fun album. It was made on the fly. It was made really quickly. And it kind of... It kind of has that feeling to it of, like, just like a fun party time even though everyone's party times are like far away from each other and basically is mailing <laughs> mailing tracks to each other but that's okay it's... but i mean i think that there's something i think that that's a really cool thing to do during quarantine mm-hmm. right because it gives you a project yeah and then it also and it gives you a project that's like community based as well yeah right because you're not it's not like oh like i'm going to learn how to like do this thing and like I'll start doing it, but then maybe I'll just give up on it because, like, I don't need more bread. No one's eating it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. very good at it. Yeah. Or whatever. But you're like, oh, like I'm doing this thing, and it is contributing to this larger cause of these songs being made for this band, and it's like with my friends, and we're all. I can like, there's a goal mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. an end date and yeah. a purpose, and yeah. yeah. Of course, I'm so- I just uh, sorry. I just I was gesturing wildly while saying that. I just got a notification on my watch that I hit my step goal for the hour. So that's pretty good. <laughs> so, especially since you're sitting in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> Things are infallible. Doing <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stomping, making your points. Yeah, and the other thing they did, which I thought was fun, is they did a Kickstarter to mm-hmm. rate, to fund it, and then if you contributed, then you were part of the you're part of the process. So they would like mm. post videos. Showing the during the during right. the process of that to keep keep people who had and I wish I'd known about that because I definitely would have like wanted to be part of that. Cool. But of course, I'm so out of the loop on everything in the world. Like, uh, well, I mean, it's just hard. It's hard to be a part of everything, right? Yeah. yeah. But it would have been fun to do to take part in that. Mm-hmm. And I like when bands do videos of their um of of progress their, of their progress and stuff. Um, Sloan used to do that. Well, they did that during the never hear the end of it sessions. Oh, okay. They kept a video diary that they posted on their website. Cool. All the web all the 
all the fil- all little shorts are gone now. Unfortunately, I went to look for them one day a while ago, and they take them all down. Mm. I assume they'll throw them onto the uh, big package that they'll eventually do for the album, the the box set kind of thing right. they've been doing. But I never hear the end of it. Oh yeah. yeah. So it was kind of fun. That'll Things probably like, be coming up at twenty years for that one, right? I don't know. Twenty years was since it came out. Two thousand three came out. Well, they still haven't done between the bridges. Mm. They still haven't done whatever that one's out. Two thousand six. Uh, pretty together. But I mean, I don't think they have to. Do they haven't done tw- action packed yet. I don't think they have to do a twenty year for all of them. I think that's kind of their goal. Is it? Did they do a twenty year for under or smeared? I don't think they did one for smeared, but they they did it for the albums that they they have the control of the masters. Oh, oh, right, right. They did one for twice removed. Yeah. And one chord for another? Yeah. I know they did Navy Blues because we were there. They've done it from all three of them. Hmm. And they're all great. And I wish I was smart and I wish I was in the loop once again to know that they were doing that. Because they're like, they're three record, they're usually three to four record sets. Right. So they have the main album and then they have a series of, of outtakes and stuff like that. And then the, the one for, the one for uh, one chord to another had a disc called Sloan Party and it had the same, it had the same cover same cover design as the Beach Boys Party album. Oh, okay. And it was basically them just doing like a live show for friends. And that was recorded. So, And they did a mm-hmm. bunch of songs that they like for that. Not their own songs, but other people's songs. Just like the, the Beach Boys one. Right. Which was intended as like a fill-in album, a quick fill-in album. Because the record company was impatient about how long Brian Wilson was taking to finish Pet Sounds. Right. So I thought, well, I'll just get, a, get the band in the studio. We'll just record a bunch of songs quickly on acoustic guitars. And then we'll add fake party sounds. And then we'll call it right. Beach Boys Party. And that's what he did. Cool. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it was a good idea. He's a he's a smart guy. He was. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. Oh, also, maybe once they put out that 20 year, you can actually get the Japanese bonus tracks. Those are available. Are they? On iTunes? Uh, they, just put out an, they just put out an album called... Japanese B-Side bonus B-Side Wins or something like that. Yep. Or recently, they put out an album. Yeah. yeah of, of B-Sides. Uh, because they had A-Sides Wins. So this yeah. was B-Sides Wins? Yeah. So oh, okay. It's, it's available as a digital download or as a record. Right. Unfortunately, not as a CD. Sure. Which is a real rip don't sell. It's really, really sucks. Yeah. But I guess we'll have to buy them in things that will fall apart while they're sitting on the shelf. It's a really great, <laughs> what a great, what a great model. You know what? I always mean the degrades while it's just sitting there. Yeah. And I know that CDs apparently de- degrade everybody, but I've had my CDs since the CD started in yeah. 1980, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I think the first CD I bought was in 88. Right. I bought Prince's Love Sexy on CD, mm-hmm. which was a mistake because it's one track. All the way. Yeah. The whole album is one track. Right. It's a really dumb thing. Yeah. Makes me mad. Well, it's like that time that you gave me the mixtape and it was all one track. Yeah. That's fine. No. You can't jump off the bus, man. What? You can't jump off the bus. What do you mean? You got to listen all the way through. It's a mixtape. But I often get distracted. Yeah. And then have to go back and re-listen to a song and I couldn't do that. Well, what if you were listening to a cassette tape? But I'm not. But you were, that's the, that's I'm the idea of it, though. i listening to a though. CD. I was giving you the experience of listening to a, a cassette mixtape. But I don't want to be listening to a cassette tape. I want to be listening to a CD, <laughs> which I was trying to listen to. I was just trying to make you remember what it was like to listen to one on a, on a cassette. Okay. You know? Well, I've never had to listen to a cassette tape for homework. <laughs> okay. But I do have to listen to CDs for homework, It's not homework. It's for pleasure. Well, it's homework. Huh. I just listen for pleasure. It's, well, it's homework for this podcast. Thanks a lot. Well, makes me feel good about my mixes. What else am I gonna? It's a real slog, Dad. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a slog. <laughs> what a grind. I like doing homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I did in high school at least. But anyway, <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the story of that. We'll move on. I feel <clears throat> like we I feel like we hit an impasse. Okay. 
No, I was just going to say they've had those CDs for that long and none of them have ever degraded. Right. You know. Yes. Whereas I've had records that I played once mm. and then they have a, a little tick at the beginning of them after that. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Play it once. Yeah. Because, yeah, I actually bought Love Sexy on record and then I bought the CD. I don't know why I did that. I think I was just like, these CDs sound really exciting. I'm going to get a CD. Well, I mean, you didn't know that it was all going to be one track. Because on a true. record, you can like. Lift the needle up and yeah. put it down again. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know you there's there's no way of knowing that you can't do that on a CD. Yeah, right. Realistically, because you hadn't had a CD before. Yeah, there should have been a warning sticker on that said, "Warning: Prince is a weirdo." <laughs> this is one track, <laughs> one period track, period. That's what I should have said. Should have said that. You're it, right. It didn't. Yeah, funny. <laughs> funny that they wouldn't put that warning level. Funny that they wouldn't put a warning label on their CD saying, "Don't buy this." That's weird. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next song. This, okay. This is this band is Arboretum. Okay. And can you guess when this song came out this year? Uh, you said this year. Damn it. I gave it away. <laughs> hey, Mary. Yes? What color was that white horse? <laughs> Mary, hmm? uh, can you tell me what year the War of 1812 occurred? <laughs> well, let me just tell you, though, Mary. The White Denim album came out in May. Oh, okay. March, April, May. That makes sense. Well, March... It was, it was, actually, they finished by April 17th. Oh, wow. They started March 18th, and they had everything done in 30 days. They were finished on April 17th, and then it was released in May. Nice. That's pretty good. It is good. This album, however, was released in March, which okay. I learned was a popular month for music that I liked. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So this is Arboretum from their album, Let It All In, which is, oh, what a song. It's so good. But this song is also great. Let It All In is like a really long song, so I, it's like a kind of a... Uh, Crote Rock kind of a song, kind okay. of thing. but but it's great. But it's really long, so this is, this is, this was long enough. This song is great too. Though. This is how deep it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's give it a listen, everybody.
Hey, Mayor. Yes? Arboretum. Pretty good, right? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yes. Yeah. Kind of folky. Mm-hmm. Kind you know, of. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? Kind of remind at parts it kind of reminded me of a combination yeah. between Fleet Foxes okay. and Stereolab. Oh, interesting. That's that's not bad actually, because mm-hmm. I do think I do think that they because their career has like they started off as kind of like a folk band, right? And then they kind of got got well, kind of a folk rock band. Mm-hmm. Then they got really into British folk. Okay. And then they kind of like got into like cosmic rock, kind of like psych right. rock kind of stuff. Yep. And now they've embraced kraut rock. Okay. That's part of their sound. And then the last song... Is that German rock? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, kind of bands. There's a... It's kind of... um, It's an umbrella term for a bunch of bands that came out... Started in the 70s. Not all of them are the same, but they all kind of have a similar... What would you call it? A similar ethos, I guess, or idea to the music, you know? Which is exploratory, often really long songs. Mm -hmm. All very uh, repetitive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so like the idea of motoric drumming, for instance, the idea of like this very simple, you know, metronomic drumming style right. that would power a song, you know, and so they could yep. put all kinds of crazy stuff on top of that. But it always right. had like but the you solid, have this, yeah, yeah, this bass, solid of, bass. That's right. Yep. So we had but not B A. Mm. Wait, B A S S is bass. B A S S is bass. Yes. We're talking B A S E. But you're talking B A S E. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you had someone like Erwin Schmidt in Cannes, the, mm-hmm. ger- the German group Cannes, who would play like this very. Is it spelled like the French Film Festival? No, it's spelled like C A N. Oh, okay. Very simple. Like them or Faust or Nectar or mm. Harmonia or there's a lot of bands. I'm just trying to think of them off the top of my head, and I'm running out of names. I wouldn't. There's like Kraftwerk and people. I wouldn't put them quite in the same group. Almond Doll, I guess, would be one. And what's that group who did? Um, who, who did the soundtrack for Nosferatu for Werner Herzog? That even might be Amon. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, they did a lot of stuff. Tangerine Dream, I guess you might want to throw them in there. Mm-hmm. But they're not all the same in terms of sound, but it's sort of an ethos, an ex- exploratory, mu- you know, their kind of sense of what, what they wanted to do in music was very similar between a bunch of them. Anyway, so Ar- Arboretum has sort of taken all this in and then they've they've created this sound, which, and this album, like I say, it kind of, it, it has like, Lots of different stylings going on. So this song is one thing, and then there's a song that's a different one. The final song right. is like this bluesy kind of late '60s stone song, you know, okay. kind of, like kind of a brown sugar kind of sound to it or something right. like that. So they're kind of all over the place, but in a nice way, and it all it all works together. And it's a really good album, I gotta say. I really like it. I really like it. Nice. In fact, as soon as I heard that song, I bought the. Hmm. And so much I liked it. Cool. Of course, when I heard it, it just takes sometimes it takes a while for you to buy a CD, right? Right. But then I was just like order. Nice. Other thing, it takes you a long time to find a CD. Right. Because they're not around. Mm. Where'd really you find it? I mean, it was on Amazon, but I, right. I mean... You don't want to go to Amazon first. I don't want to go to Amazon first. Yeah. I know when I... Well, I was trying to find... I was trying to buy a couple DVDs or Blu-rays for Christmas for people. Yeah. And yeah, I went to a couple places and I was like, it's hard to find Blu-rays. Yeah. That's although funny, I although I... to Best Buy the other day. Okay. And it actually had a pretty good selection. Oh, that's which good. Which was nice. Because they... I remember... That I remember they used to have a good selection, and then they, like, didn't. Mm-hmm. They had, like, nothing. And now it seems like they are kind of moving back towards having mm-hmm. Blu-rays again, because mm-hmm. they have, like, a section up at the front that has a whole bunch. Oh, cool. And then they've also got all the, a bunch at the back. Nice. Well, I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going on? I can't, I can't predict. Yeah. I know. I know there's people who love streaming, who embrace it, who think it's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, I don't trust it. But yeah, it's really hard to trust. It's hard to trust in... One thing I sort of trust in is in its presentation of the shows. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I've been watching recently an, an 80s show that was that I watched when I was a teenager called Danger UXB. Oh, called um, 
Dark Shadows. No. <laughs> I wouldn't... This complaint doesn't stand for Dark Shadows, but for Danger UXB, it's on Acorn TV. Okay. Which is like a kind of roundup of, of various... Like older? shows from no not always older but okay like it has recent ones as right. well but that's where that broke broken wood is on that the new zealand oh, okay. mystery show and then also it's british mystery oh, so shows it's through prime it's not through it's it's just a it's a channel like any other one right that you can that but it is it is available through through prime i guess okay or on that app right but if you had a smart tv you could find it on there right separate from prime right? okay and but anyway so they've been they have the show danger uxp mm-hmm. now Instead of showing it in its proper aspect ratio, which would be old-fashioned television, mm-hmm. basically almost like a square, yeah. Academy Standard, they've squeezed it out. Oh. So they've cut off the top and bottom of the images right. to make it look like it's a widescreen presentation. Yeah. So what's the good of that? That's just garbage. That's mm-hmm. the same garbage that I grew up with when they would squeeze a cut off the sides of movies in yeah. order to put to movies on a TV. that were wider than the Academy standard right. onto onto the screen. That's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's no different. It's the exact same philistinism that I had to put up when I was a kid, and it drove me crazy. And people asked me why I never saw Star Wars after it first came out. It's because whenever they showed it on TV, it looked like garbage. Because right. it was just like a box, and you missed all the the sense of the scope of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe if it looked good, I would have watched it on television, but mm-hmm. it always looked terrible, so I never did. Yeah. And I just never bothered after that. So, right. So here we are. But it's, yeah, it just drives me crazy. So, mm-hmm. but if you so have like, them... someone's talking, but all you can see is their mouth. <laughs> well, it's like everyone is like <laughs> these ginormous heads doing things. Yeah. Like, they're like supposed to be diffusing a bomb. Where is the bomb? I can't see it. All I can yeah. see is someone's ginormous head. Hmm. It's just, yeah, just... Not great. It's awful. Yeah. But yeah, and then, I mean, the other thing is people feel like... When they are streaming things, mm-hmm. they feel like they they own the content. Yeah, right. They're like, oh well, like I have a Netflix subscription, mm-hmm. so I will always have access to these things. Mm-hmm. But no, you won't. Yeah, because yeah. you're just leasing it from them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like honestly, even when you are buying, even when you buy something, um, digitally, mm-hmm. do you really own it? Because they can just take it away from you if they want to. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, who's to say they won't just do that? Who's to say it won't just be unavailable one day and, like, everyone will lose all everything that they had digitally yeah. because there was some error, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no guarantee that you will have those things forever. You are, um, you're at the whim of these big companies <laughs> who yeah. don't care about you at all. Yeah. Yeah, they just do weird things. Like, yeah. Like, well, an example of that would be uh, Google Music or, you know, I always think of it as Google Play Music, but mm-hmm. Google Music. You know, that was a pretty good app. Yeah. But what was great about it was that it gave you storage space for free for 100,000 songs. Right. You know, but then one day they decide they're going to close that down. Yeah. And so then you get shifted over to a different app, Mm -hmm. which is not as good. Yeah. You know, it's not as good an an app. And then then also you're told that you only have those songs now because you're grandfathered in. Right. That, That storage isn't available to everyone. Yeah. You just are the one of the lucky people who right. had songs there. But at any time, any time they could take that away yeah, from me. Yeah, totally. I could lose all, all access to all those songs mm-hmm. that I have I've uploaded into their into the cloud. And then I'm then they're gonna be like, well, we want you to stream through us because we want you to pay for. Yeah. We don't want you to store a bunch of your songs for free. Mm-hmm. We want you to rent our songs. Yeah. For, for for money. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Spotify. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, well, I don't want like I don't need to own CDs anymore because I have Spotify. Yeah. 
Why? You're just renting it from them. <laughs> like you're not owning any of that. Oh no, you guys like, don't need your CDs. Keep keep sending your CDs to the thrift stores for me. Just because I am able to listen to Sufjan Stevens' new album, The Ascension, on Spotify, yeah. doesn't mean that I own it. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to, they could stop giving me access to that. They could stop everyone having access to that that album, and then I wouldn't have it anymore because I don't own it. I'm just renting it. Wrong one, Dad. That's Aporia. I know. I thought I had. Is it in the car? Oops. Dad's causing a, Dad's making a mess over there. Drop, I, dropping I CDs on somewhere. the ground. I have it here loose somewhere. CDs flying everywhere. Hmm. I don't know where I did put it. It's probably over there. I, just, I moved some CDs. It's not in your car? No, I brought it. I brought it to my car because my car broke down. Oh, so yeah. I took all my CDs out of it. Right. So, um, yeah, I do have it though. But you notice it's missing from this list as well, Mayor. What? Uh, the Ascension. I thought you had one song from it. No, I don't. Oh, hmm. I do okay. not. So ha. So ha. Yeah, didn't make it. Too beepy. <laughs> all right, let's. Move. I liked video game. Let's move. Oh, I didn't like video game at all. I liked it. In fact, I heard it. It gets played all the time on some station that one of the guys at work listens to. Oh, really? His, uh, his uh, Sirius X- FM or right. whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, it gets played huh. all the time. It just sounds like all the other songs in there. It's as bland and as mm. uninteresting as all the rest of them. I'm just like, oh, Sufjan. Mm. We make some money from this. Because <laughs> when you sell out, if you just sell out and you get nothing for it, he's not selling out. He's making what he wants to make. Uh huh. That's what he wants to make. Feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go on to your next song. This is this is some world music, Mary. Mm-hmm. Do they still call it world music? Feels kind of weird. Yeah. And, anyway, I don't know. It does feel like kind of an antiquated term. <laughs> where they're like, "Can you believe non-white uh, <laughs> people make music now?" <laughs> well, that, that's such a non non North American or non First World people make music now. Can you? They actually have recording facilities in other parts of the world. <laughs> they're making records there. But I mean, it's usually like the they wouldn't you wouldn't really call like like ABBA wouldn't go into like the world music category. Well, that's what I mean. That's what their first world though. Yeah, but yes, yeah, like most white countries are like yeah. Yeah, you know, saying that about German music, world music, saying it about music from like Latin America or Africa. Well, you know, well, here's the thing though. Hmm. It's one thing if you're ABBA. Hmm. It's another thing if you are the Langolan singers and you're singing like old, <laughs> like 16th century Swedish folk songs. Right. Then you're traditional music. Yes. You know, and in a, in a way that kind of fits into the world music category. Right. You know, you'll end up on some folkways record. Hmm. You know, of mm-hmm. the Langolan. But I mean, you know, if you're talking historical music... I'm just making music, that up. I've just made up the Yeah. Name. But if you're talking historical music, you're not getting English historical music played in the same way either. No, no. Right? That's what I mean. Like, you're not... They're not playing Green Sleeves yeah. on the radio. No. But, like, that's getting... That is also getting relegated to a specific area. Yeah. But this song... This song is modern. This song is recorded... Can you guess what year it was recorded in? 2020? Exactly. Very, very good. <laughs> wow. So it's very... Again, all these questions are right. <laughs> it's very current. <laughs> it's very current. Mm-hmm. Can you guess what month it came out? March. Wrong. Ah. <laughs> it came out in October <laughs> of this year. Oh, my second guess was going to be November, which would have been closer. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. So this song came out very recently. It's it's recorded in a modern way. It's all played on modern instruments. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just rock music. But yeah. It, or as we like to call it, world music or African music, if you like. It's a band from Mali called Songhoi Blues. And the song is called Bar, B-A-R-R-E. Okay. I like guess kind of like a bar chord. Uh, from their 2020 album. You're right, Mary. It was 2020. <laughs> uh, Optimism. So let's give a listen to Songhai Blues. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 
Mare, what did you uh, what do you think of Songhai Blues? Um, I thought it was very. I liked it. Oops. I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought it had a lot of like spirit. Mm. Uh, and I liked the guitar. The guitar is great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're really really good guitar players. Mm-hmm. And guitar is a really important instrument in in Mali and music. Is it? They're really proud of their playing there. And cool. So yeah, they're a Timbuktu based group. Which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> who are forced to? Well, they're banned from uh, the war stricken. African country of Mali, as I mm. said. So Mali right now is in the middle of a civil war between fundamentalist Islamics and non-fundamentalist Islamics. So they're all Islamic. Mm-hmm. But in some parts of the country, Sharia law has been introduced right. with all the accompanying horrors. And so this band, these guys were forced to leave their hometown of Bamako because of the imposition of Sharia law, which, which forbids the playing of music. Oh, wow. One of the things that it uh, cuts out. So they're a member of the Song Songhui people. That is a large ethnic group comprising several different languages. Okay. In West Africa. And so there's, they're all kind of, they're called Songhai languages, but they're, they're various dialects of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess it relates, at one point there was a, a Malian dynasty, like a, an empire that kind mm-hmm. of had a big part of that area there. The uh, Not a really, it kind of was, between the Sahara, like from the Sahara down to the Savannah region of Sudan. Okay. That was the region of, or maybe over to the cells. Right. Just trying to think of how the geography would go there. But yeah, over to the Savannah region of Sudan. And so that was kind of where this empire, and then they've slowly had it whittled away, of course, by yes. colonial powers and people imposing borders on various regions and things. Mm-hmm. This is their second album. The first one was really good too. And this one's also a really good album. But I would say this is the standout track from that album. So if you only want to listen to one song by this group from this album, this would be the song. But I would also recommend, if you like it, that you should check out that album because it's also really good. What are you looking for? What are you looking at, Mary? Why, why is Timbuktu? Why is Timbuktu such a well-known place? <laughs> like I would, I would say that Timbuktu is probably like m- maybe the third most known city in all of Africa. First one would be Cairo, mm-hmm. then Morocco. Morocco's uh, no, I was thinking Johannesburg. Oh yeah, Johannesburg. Okay. Yeah, but to, Timbuktu has a population of had a population of fifty four thousand people. No, nine. it's a like, very it's small not. city. But then again, yeah. it's hard to tell because it's not what it once was. It was right. Once, once was a trading center. Yes. You know, and it, and I think the reason it's well known is it's a funny name, mm. and it became a place that was considered to be really distant. Right. Like if you you know, like there must be like I can't think of an idiom, but there are like idiomatic expressions that are like you know. All the way to Timbuktu or whatever, yeah. meaning some like huge distance traveled. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more. It's more of a pop, more popular as a place of thought than it is as a place of right. reality. Oh, so apparently it has long been a place um, that has prompted European exploration mm. in Africa mm-hmm. because of their like wealth that mm. was well known. Yeah, sort of across the world. Hmm. Well, probably because it was the part of the Amalian Empire, so then it would. Yeah. Um. A 2006 survey mm-hmm. of 150 young Britons yeah. found 34% of people did not believe the town existed, <laughs> while the other 66% considered it a mythical place. So 100% of them didn't believe it was a real town, yeah. a real city. Um, yeah, I would have put myself in that category yeah, as yeah, a teenage, oh, up to being a teenager. Oh, definitely. I thought it was made up. When I first heard that it was an actual place, I was like, it is? You're I like, just, oh, really? <laughs> I was just... But yeah, because it is kind of used as like a... Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, being used in the sense since at least 1863, 
English dictionaries now cite Timbuktu as a metaphor for any faraway place. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it was also known as an African El Dorado. Ah, go, uh, yes. Yeah, a place of a place of immense wealth that <laughs> European explorers were were trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. they got there, they went fifty four thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, maybe at the time that they got there, because yes, there's been a big diaspora out of that that area because but of all there the was fighting all, and stuff. Well, and uh, droughts and famines as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Seventeen thirty eight to seventeen fifty six. Due to drought and locusts, reportedly half of the population of Timbuktu died. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a... Drought is one of those things coming from a temperate rainforest that is just so, like, nuts to me. It's something I worry about. Yeah. When we have, like, a long stretch of sun and people are all, like, like high-fiving each other over over the fact that it, has, it hasn't rained for, right. like, two months, I'm like, <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> the water reservoirs aren't liking this guy it's like Ooh. yeah i don't know where you know where you live in a world that water is a is a precious resource mm-hmm. we should not be celebrating the fact that it's not raining yeah i know i think in canada but especially in bc where it's so like wet so much of the time here we sometimes forget about that you know yeah everyone's walking around leaving their water taps running and yeah it's water going down the drain mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they're just they're just letting it flow it like water <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Mayor. So on this on this disc, on these two discs, on this two album set, there's one Canadian content song. Oh, okay. And this is it. This is the band Nap Eyes. Mm-hmm. Two words, Nap Eyes. Okay. From Halifax, Nova Scotia. Nice. With their song, Though I Wish I Could, from their album. Can you guess what year it came out, Mayor? 2020. Got it. Nice. Snapshot of a beginner, everybody. Here we go. This is Though I Wish I Could. Man, you are on a roll, Mayor. I know. Psychic. i 
question for you mary yes two more questions for you oh okay first yes guess what month it came out march got it nice <laughs> and what do you think of it i thought it was fun i liked it yeah it yep. is fun it is a fun song it's pretty simple it's obviously a band who are very influenced by c86 bands of the 1980s with their guitar rock sound mm, mm-hmm. uh, slightly updated for modern times but yes very much uh from in that in that tradition the band is led by a guy named Nigel Chapman, who is both a guitarist, mm-hmm. vocalist, mm-hmm. and biochemist. Whoa! And unlike the rest of the band, multi-talented. Unlike the rest of the band, who's moved away to Toronto because that's what people from Halifax do when they get money in their pocket. Of course. You know, going up the road, as they call it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole movie about it. Everyone called Going Up the Road. Hmm. If you want to know about Canada in the 1970s, give that movie a watch. He his uh, lab that he works at is in Halifax, so he's remained. There and what I love about this song so much, everybody, you're wondering why I love it so much, is the incredibly verbose lyrics. These lyrics are crazy, and that's why I love this song so much. I usually don't pay attention to lyrics, yeah, but this song, the lyrics cannot help but be paid attention to because they are so bonkers, and that's what makes me love them. So I wrote them out. I found them and I wrote them out. So the first verse, Mary, is now the C major, B flat major makes a Lydian. It's not the mode I often end up in. I think it's because there's no open chord for the second one, which is not uncommon, but those things are hard to play, with the three fingers on the same fret and the high E string still barred. And now that I have seen your face wondering what I've done, wondering how I got this way, why I don't give myself, why I don't, why I don't give one fuck about anyone else, it makes me feel bad for myself, makes me continue the cycle one more time, till I can't get out of it, and let them know, uh, sorry, and let them see that I'm blind. When you look at me now, you may see that I'm blind. I broke my vow. But to be honest, sometimes it seems like I never seriously make one. There you go. How do you like that for lyrics? Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird, it's weird lyrics, right? But what it reminded me of is a song by Alanis Morissette that I love so much called Unsent. And this song is also bonkers because it is the same. It is just like this incredibly verbose song that is like, it's basically an open, open letter song to her ex-boyfriends. Hopefully... Their names change to protect the innocent and the guilty alike. But <laughs> the, it's just a weird song. So here, I'll read you a, a lyric from that one. You ready for this one, Mary? Yes. Dear Terrence, I love you muchly. You've been nothing but open-hearted and emotionally available and supportive and nurturing and consummately there for me. I kept drawing you in and pushing you away. 
I remember how beautiful it was to fall asleep on your couch and cry in front of you for the first time. You were the best platform from which to jump beyond myself. What was wrong with me? Once again, yeah, so weird, right? Yeah, totally. And the whole song is like that. Hmm. Like, it's just like every every verse is like a little note to a different boyfriend. Right. It's talking about how they either were good for her or bad for her and how, and how they kind of spurred her on in her life. Hmm. And I just love it because it's just so bonkers. Like, I don't like every Alanis Morissette song. Right. But that one is, it's great because it's crazy. Like, Hand in Pocket is great because it's, just a, great, it's a great song. Yeah. Or Thank You is great because it's a great song. Mm-hmm. But this song is great because it's just so, so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> like, it's just so nuts. It's like it doesn't really have a tune because it's just so like it's so formless and it's lyrical. Yeah. And it's unlike Napais who actually kind of give this song structure, even though if you like read those lyrics out, there's no rhyme to them or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see what the where they work. But he actually does make it work in terms of like the melody of the song. But the one the Alanis Morissette one, she doesn't even bother with that. She just like just lets it all hang out there for you. It's great. It's great. I highly recommend it. Unsent. Alanis Morissette. Unsent. Cool. Uh, next song, Mare. All right. What is it? Well, we're getting re- revisited by a friend that we've uh, that we haven't heard from for a while, and by that I mean last last episode. This is Damien <laughs> Harado from his album that came out in Mary. Can you guess what album? Or what what uh, year this album came out? Um, was it? I know the pressure's on now because you've got them right a couple of times in a row now. Was it twenty so. twenty? Oh. So close. What? And yet, correct. Oh, good. So close. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, very close. (laughs) In fact, as close as you could be, because you got it right. (laughs) From his album, I I love the name of his album. It's called What's New Tomboy. And this song is called Oachoa. So let's uh, let's give this a listen, everybody. Oh, what? When did it come out? March? April. April. Come on, I was Mary. so close. <laughs> one off. You were one off. Here we go with uh, Damien Harado. You'd wait the day Falling fast asleep I'd watch the sky turning your eyes to blue Don't close the door There might be a chance Should they turn their ears away from you Silent flowers I'll walk 
flower I'll walk you to forever And where you go Yes. Thoughts on Damien Harado? Uh, it was okay. Okay. It was fine. Oh, wow. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was just like nothing special. Mm. Didn't really grab me. Okay. Yeah. I just love his voice, I guess. I just love the fact that he's a saddest, has a saddest voice in, in music. <laughs> yeah. So that makes me happy and... Makes yeah. you happy that he's sad. Not that he's wow. sad. Well, I don't think he's actually sad, but I think he does think like he kind of taps into a melancholy. Yeah. No, I was really just joking. really gets to me. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do like melancholy and things. Oh, no, not necessarily sentiment. Like sentimental things, but I like I like um, I like melancholy. Right. So yeah. So on this album, it's basically it's him, and then he has a new a new friend that he plays with, a guy named Josh Josh Gordon, and Gordon plays bass, electric guitar, drums, Hammond and Rhodes organs, and other other instruments. So basically, he kind of colors in around Harado's guitar playing and his voice. And uh, he was on his last album, Shape in the Shape of the Storm, which is also a great album, in my opinion. But he really has this kind of almost psychic connection with Harado. They really like work whether work well together in the way that they build the songs, and and I really like that. I like when a guy who's very like untaught, very naive player like like Damien Harado, you know, meets up with a guy who has some you know instrumental understanding and some arrangement understanding you know so they're they're able to like make suggestions that kind of enrich the songs for the person because mm-hmm. by themselves they would just kind of keep it very simple and spare but it's nice when that kind of gets colored in it's still spare but it's also colored in a little bit right and so Ocho is written in memory of Harado's collaborator Richard Swift who we talked about last time okay so he uh, produced the triptych of albums that make up the Maricopa saga mm-hmm. but he um he died uh, in 2018 from alcohol addiction. Oh. His body shut down and he died. And so this is a song written by Gerardo for in memory of his friend. And then I, one more thing about the album, which is it has the most beautiful album cover. It's a house at night. Okay. Like a little one-story house. You know the kind of ones you'll see in Bellingham when you drive into Bellingham? Yeah. And they're like the little tiny houses and these, you know, because in those days, you know, the land was cheap. But the houses were expensive to build, so you'd you'd get a nice plot of land, and then you'd build a smallish house on it. And so it's a house like that, but very nicely kept up. But all the lights are on. The outside lights are on, and it's all lit up inside, and it's a very welcoming image. This darkness, and then this house all lit up. And when you see it, and it's a very clear picture as well, and it's really nicely, really well done, well taken picture, and it's a very nice, very nice image, very welcoming. Are you looking it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, while you do that, let's look up. Let's well, not look up. Let's listen to our next song. This is uh, Nada Surf. Have we played Nada Surf yet, Mary? I can't remember if we did or not. Everything's all a blur to me now. Anyway, if we have... Oh, yeah, that's a really nice album cover. Oh, you found it? Yeah. 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 It is, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. really... Yeah, just like a little like farmhouse. It's what it kind of looks like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's in a suburb. And uh, yeah, it just really, really appeals. There's a really warm appeal to it. Like, mm-hmm. welcome, welcome in. Yeah, well, like it's all dark outside. Yeah. But then the lights, uh-huh. like the only lights are coming from inside the house. And the porch lights. And yeah. the porch light, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very welcoming. It uh, kind of made me think of when I was looking at it 
when I was thinking about it yesterday, I was thinking about what we were talking about. Last time we talked about Damien Harado, we were talking about houses and people living in them and then the memories of, of the lives in the houses. And I saw that. I thought, oh, that's funny that that, that kind of comes up with that. But anyway, so this is uh, next song is Not a Surf. The song is called Looking for You from their al- newest album, Never Not Together. Mare? Yes. Any guesses what year this album came out? <sighs> 2020. Once again. The pressure's been so on you, good. but you've been new. Well, can you guess what month it came from, though? March. I was just going to say, don't guess March. Oh, July. November. November. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give a listen to Night of Surf, everybody. In the middle of sleepless night, it sneaks in through one window. It takes its time, stays nearby, till I get down to zero. When I get so tired that I'm ready for a drink, I'll almost go downstairs. But there's a bottle waiting for me if I find my
And we're back. And Mare. Yes. Do you have some thoughts about Not a Surf and their and their song Looking for You? Yeah, it's a fun song. Yes, it is a fun song, isn't it? I love it kind of starts off in a way that when I first heard it I was kinda of like, Oh yeah. Like melody is kind of reminds me of like it almost seems like an Irish traditional sort of song. Like right. the, me- the melody of it, you know? Well yeah, and it like kind of sounds like it's supposed to be like kids singing, mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's what the vibe that they're going for. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it actually is kids or if they're, they're just making themselves sound like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then probably through the song, it kind of kicks into the next that next segment where they, you know, everything kind of suddenly yeah. comes out, like bursts up, bursts yeah. into, and then you're just kind of like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is really good, <laughs> and great guitar part, and and all the the singing's really good, and and the 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 chorus comes back in again with the with the lead singer who whose voice reminds me a lot of Bob Duro, so that kind of adds to that extra little bit of uh, a fun to me, and yeah, it's just really good. It's their ninth album that they've done, and the album's title is drawn from another song called Something I Should Do, which states that empathy is good, lack of empathy is bad. Holy math says we're never not together, which I like. I like that uh, lyric, and so they took the, that's where they took the, the title of the album from. Never not together. The idea that people are intricately interlinked, which is very nice, and so that also kind of goes along with this song as well. The idea of cool searching for looking for you. Yeah, really good, great stuff. And I don't know if we once again I don't know if we played them yet or if they're coming up, which is possible. It sounds they sound familiar. Okay, I feel like we might have played a song of theirs before. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to remember now. We played a lot of songs, Mare. Yes. If I was smart, I would have put a database together of all the songs that we'd done. But nah, what can you do? I don't have that kind of time. I'm too busy putting together databases of all the Dark Dark Shadows characters how they relate to each other. <laughs> all right. Is there so. some sort of, like, fandom dot Dark Shadows Oh, maybe. I don't know. I've, I found stuff on Wikipedia, but I try not to yeah. look at it too much because I don't want to spo- have spoilers. Right. But I just things I'm curious about, I just try to, like, kind of kind of uh in a most cursory manner ch- check up mm, without mm-hmm. having to get too detailed because yeah but i just want to point out that in our imaginary two record set mm-hmm. and already you can hear the ticks and the pops and scratches that have happened just because you haven't even done anything you just took it out of the plastic yeah put it on the turntable yeah and it's already making little ticky noises but mm-hmm. whatever yeah i feel that's what you guys want to spend twenty dollars on go be my guest <laughs> 20 more like 40 okay you want to spend 40 dollars <laughs> oh my god it's crazy. I used to pay like seven dollars for a record, and I yeah. thought that was a lot. Wow. Think I would. Well, I guess. When was that? What year was that? Well, mid eighties, I think. But I mean, records then were were priced, were made to be cheap. You know, whereas the records yeah. now are made to be expensive. They're printed on much better vinyl. You know, and they're made to last. So it's possible that they don't get scr- scratchy sounding the way that my records did because my records were made of they're as as, as thin as this tissue paper. Yeah. Made of the cheapest. Uh, vinyl they could find you know. seven dollars in 1985 is worth about 15 dollars today yeah so i mean they're still pretty they're pretty inflated but i would say it's more likely that at the time they were artificially kept cheaper mm-hmm. by the record companies right by just using like cheap cheap materials cheap materials and then underpaying the the artists and and yep. just keeping everything. and everyone else in the production process yeah, probably else, yeah yeah i remember like in the i guess it was probably like late 80s like Country music was so unpopular that the record labels wouldn't give them royalties on on more than ten songs on a record. Hmm. So if they put like twelve songs on a record, they wouldn't get paid any mechanical royalties for the final two oh, songs. Oh wow! Yeah, because there just wasn't any money in it, I guess. But anyway, so in our imaginary record, this song would be the beginning of side two of the first disc. So the final song of the of this first side would be Ochoa, would be uh, Damien Hirado, and then we'd open with this song. It's a pretty exciting opening, 
And then we get to this song, everyone. This is, speaking of folk, this is Bonnie Light Horseman. And, oh, I just want to point out the Nata Surf album was re- recorded at a, a studio I've mentioned before. And it fascinates me as a studio. It's called Rockfield Studios. Okay. And it's in Wales. And it's on a farm. But it's not just on a farm. It's on a working farm. So sometime in the past, the original owner let his son turn the, one of the barns into a stu- recording studio. Right. And he started getting like local bands coming in there recording. And then cool. pretty soon it became popular with other bands. Brinsley Swartz, uh, Niccolo's original band, came there and, and recorded. And D- Dave Edmonds made that his home, stu- uh, his home re- recording place for a long time. Right. And I guess the original owner died and his son inherited the farm. So the studio is still there, but it's still a working farm. So he'll be out doing the fields and stuff like that. Then he'll come in and visit the bands when they're working. And That's so cool. Tell them stories of other bands that have been there over the, <laughs> through the years and things. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, though. But it sounds very appealing as a place to, yes, it does. to see. At least, I, I would at least like to drive by it to say I've been near it. <laughs> so this is Bonnie Light Horseman. The song is The Rover. The album, the album uh, is named after the band, Bonnie Light Horseman. And they're kind of a... They're kind of a folk, quote-unquote, supergroup. Right. Made up of a woman named Anna East Mitchell, who's been a long-time you know, singer-songwriter. She Most interestingly, she wrote a Broadway musical called Hadesville. Oh, wow. Which is a retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice, Eurydice, Eurydice story? Eurydice? I don't know how to say her name. Yeah, e- I don't know. I don't know. How do you spell I, it? E-U-R-Y-D-I-C-E? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea how to... Say that. And then another guy named Eric D. Johnston, who is a frontman for the Fruit Bats. And then this kind of veteran musician for hire, a guy named Josh Kaufman, and he's worked with a lot of people. And in fact, we'll hear from him again hmm. during this during this. Wait, bit. was his name Charlie Kaufman? Josh Kaufman. Oh. No. Any relation to Charlie Kaufman? No. Huh. Okay. Not at all, in fact. But not an unco- not an uncommon name. I guess so. I guess that's true. So this is the rover. It's a it's an old song, according to one of the band members. It's a five hundred year old song that mm-hmm. they've slightly updated, did right. a new arrangement for it, added some lyrics, mm-hmm. and, and it's called Green Sleeves. It's called, it's called the rover. <laughs> I don't think it sounds at all like Green Sleeves. No, it doesn't. I was just making a Green Sleeves joke <laughs> for the can... second time. All right, second Green Sleeves men- uh, mention this episode. Is it? Yes, I mentioned it earlier. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed it. Missed your first mention. That's all right. How did I miss that? I remember we talked about it last episode. Well, um. I was saying that they're not playing Green Sleeves on the radio. I was saying that, like, traditional oh, English yeah. oh, music sorry. wouldn't be mm, yes, played. Yes, right. You did say Green Sleeves yeah. then. Sorry. I thought you said Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, yes. They're not that traditional on... English ballad. They're not playing that on the radio either. <laughs> no, it's true. They're not, because yeah. it's a book. Uh, let's uh, listen to The Rover, everyone, by Bonnie Light Horseman. Okay. Can you guess what year this came out, Mary? 2020. Correct. But what month? March... January. January. Oh, early. Early one. Yes. Start the year off. Start the year off good. Okay, here we go, everyone.
All right, and we're back. And Mary, what did you think of uh, The Rover? I loved it. You, you loved it? Yeah, I like the song a lot. I really like the singing. <laughs> yeah, I like the really vibe. Good. Yeah. It's a really good song. Cool, cool. I'm glad you liked it that much. Yeah, I mean, I've said all I want to say about it, but I'm glad that you liked it that much. It's really cool. And I'm just putting this, you know, I'm just kind of, uh, what, what do you call this, Mare? Treading water? Organizing? Well, yeah, because I dropped my papers on the floor. Oh. And now I have to find my notes. So there we go. Hey, Dad. Yes. Did you know that computers will do this fun thing where they'll number the pages of your document for you? <laughs> well, these it's not like I have a ton of pages here. Mm. And I know the order of the songs, so it's mm-hmm. just a matter of re, re, right. reorganizing okay. them. That wasn't the hard part. The hard part was just finding all the pages. Right. Okay. Mare? Yes. Shall we start another song? Yeah, sure. What is it? This is Bridget Dawson and the Mother's Network. And the song is called The Fool. It comes from her album, Ballet of Apes, which came out in, Mary? 2020. Damn, right. What, you, what month? March. May. May. <laughs> May of 2020. So uh, You said a lot of them came out in March. I don't want to not guess March, because then it'll be March. As soon as I start no, no, not guessing fine. March, you I know? know. I know. You're playing, you're playing the odds here. I am. Uh, so yeah, so let's give it a listen, everybody. This is Bridget Dawson. See you 
All right, and we're back. Mare? Yes? Give me your thoughts on Bridget Dawson. Uh, I didn't love it. Oh, really? I felt like the song kind of sounded kind of fuzzy. Yeah, it was it's recorded in a way that's a little fuzzy. Her, voice, her voice is a little over overheated, I guess. Yeah, the, I didn't really like that. Mm, okay. I mean, like, I, I get it. I get that it's like a choice Mm -hmm. but i just didn't like the sound that it made yeah yeah um and then yeah other than that i just i don't know just the song overall like it was fine Mm -hmm. i just not my favorite okay didn't think it was great okay i yeah like i listened to it i wouldn't like skip it but i wouldn't put it on like a top 20 yeah yeah mix personally Hmm. okay it was the 20th song i chose (laughs) was it really yeah yeah So I understand yeah. your feeling about it because I, I felt the same way, which is kind of this is very outre and it's not going to be like to everyone's tastes. I like it. I think it's a pretty interesting album. Like I, I can see, I, I can, can see, see yeah. putting it on just a regular mix. Yeah, yeah. right. Especially as like a sort of filler mm-hmm. song when you're like, oh, like I need something else. I need to pad it out. I need like something that has this kind of sound. Yeah, something a bit different. Sure. Or like whatever, right? But yeah, like I, I wouldn't. Like I don't, I don't have any suggestions of something else to put in there. <laughs> there you go. But I do like it more than that. Like I do think it fits in with these songs. I think it's as good as uh, other songs in this, in this, in this thing. So I'm not as against it as you are. I don't mind the fact that her voice is kind of um, mic'd a bit taut, and it's, it's, she's uh, she's obviously peaking. I think that was done intentionally to, you know, I think the album they wanted a kind of a rough sound to the album. She comes out of a very lo-fi garage rock rock scene. Mm-hmm. She plays. She has played, I don't know, I think she plays less with them now, but for about 10 years, she played with a group called the OCs. Originally, they were OCS. The Orange Counties, based on the TV show, The OC. No, not that. There is like a name to it. I can't remember what it is now off the top of my head, but it was like OCS. And then they became the OCs, the the T-H-E-O-H-S-E-E-S. Okay. The OCs. And then they became the OCs with a two E's on the V. Hmm. And then that lasted for a while. Now they're just called the OCs, O-C-E-E-S. But what's weird is they, they did do an album in 2018 called, uh, sorry, 2017 called Memory of a Cutoff Head. And on that album, it features a version of this song. Okay. But it's not as good as this version. Like, right. I feel like they recorded that version and she thought, that was interesting what we did, but it was, it's not quite what I wanted. Mm. And I really like, like the instrumentation of the song, which is very right. spare. It's just bass. Mm-hmm. Um, played by a guy named Shade Sarton, who is in a San Francisco-based group called Fresh and Onlys, and then former OCs drummer Mike Schoen on drums, and then a guy named Jeff Tobias, who you don't know you know him, but you've heard him play saxophone before because he plays with Modern Nature. Mm-hmm. So last year's, my top 10 songs of last year, yeah. one of them was a Modern Nature song, and it featured Jeff Tobias on saxophone. But in this song, he plays bass, bass, bass clarinet, and I just love I just love that effect of the bass clarinet bass clarinet in this song right keep on to call it bass clarinet <laughs> but it's a bass clarinet in this song i really like that uh the sound of the, the kind of the sort of loping clarinet sound to it it's really makes me happy and then uh, she has such a good voice that i really think it works uh, really well she almost she, partway through making this album she almost gave up oh really she uh just kind of lost her way and it was actually her former her former bandmate in the ocs john dwyer who you know exhorted her to to keep carry on and finish it you know <laughs> can't give up now you got to finish this thing mm. so so it's good to have friends who are there to, to help yes you. all right so let's go from bridget dawson and the mother's network mm-hmm. to an australian group the small world music a group from australia so- called rolling blackouts coastal fever 
and this song is this song's pretty fun. So let's give a listen. This is second of the first from their album Sideways to New Italy. All right, everybody, let's give it a listen. What year do you think this uh, album came out? 2020. Bang on. Very good. What Thank month, you. though? No, not March. Ah, um, um, uh, September. June. 
June. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, so what do you think of this song? Uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty punky. Yeah, you know? just a lot of fun, fun yep. stuff. They, uh, they have what I could call a three-guitar attack okay. if one of them wasn't just an acoustic guitar being strummed through the song. Right. I saw them play live um, last, uh, last peony that we were at. Your mom and I were at the peony late and we got 2019. to the- 2019, we got to the club- and we had to stand at the very, 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 very back because we got there so late. Right. And everyone else was packed in there. And so it wasn't a great show to me because mm. I like to be like right up at the front of the stage. Right. Man, they're, they're it's funny good. thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, now, I know. Uh-huh. Like the place is packed with people. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. can't wait for live shows again. I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah. I keep hearing about bands, like reading about bands and, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see them live. <laughs> and I don't even like live music, like on a record, but yeah. I love being, a, a, I love seeing a band right. live. I don't really like live shows that much oh i do i just don't really like standing the standing i don't love the noise the people <laughs> it's crowded yeah. it's kind of boring i don't think that um no i like it i like watching the band play one of my favorite shows i went to was metric metric was so packed with people i could lift my feet off the floor and be supported <laughs> no no joke i did, yeah. it, did it during the show yeah it's also really good because it was mostly teenage girls. No, I shouldn't say teenage girls. It was mostly young women. Right. So it was like a packed place full of all these y- young, vibrant people. Yeah. And old me. It's good. <laughs> it's being a creeper in well, the I corner. Yeah, I was, no, I was in the corner. I was right at the front of the stage. So that's why it's so <laughs> packed. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a good show. I, just like, I like that. I'm not like a huge fan of people, but when you're a place where you don't have to talk to them. Right. You just have to exist near them. Mm, it's fine. No, I don't like that. <laughs> Not again for it. No, I mean it? honestly, yeah. m- Like movie theaters during COVID, I've been liking quite a bit <laughs> when they were open because there was like so there's so much distance. Yeah, I mean Duncan and I usually go to a uh, an independent, a small independent movie theater in Chilliwack. Yeah. that has four screens, I believe. Okay, we've got three regular and one 3D. Mm-hmm. It's a really good theater. Yeah, most. Of the in well, not most, but a lot of independent movie theaters around here are only one screen. Yeah. So this one being four screens is yeah. great. Yeah. And then it also means that, you know, even when they're quite busy on like a Saturday or whatever, if there's like a new movie, mm-hmm. what well, I mean, okay, the other thing is we never see the 3D ones. Yeah. Because I find their 3D theater very uncomfortable. Okay. And I don't like really 3D movies in general. Mm-hmm. And most movies, when they come out, they're in 3D and then they come to the regular screens later. So we usually don't see movies right when they come out yeah. there. And then they also get movies like a, a month or whatever after they come out to the regular theater so they can be really cheap at this theater. So, you know. Any, anyway, um, there's always a lot of space in the theaters and I like that. I don't like being like cramped in at a movie theater and there's like people on either side and in front of you and behind you and it's just really claustrophobic. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't don't mind. Plus, a lot of people are have bad theater manners. They do. Like that time we saw my friend Dahmer at the Rio, okay. and the woman next to me kept texting. Oh. And then I asked her to stop texting, and she got mad at me. And I was like, well... She's like, my son is sick, and he's with a, and I'm texting the babysitter. I'm like, then go home. Why are you, why are you seeing my friend Dahmer? Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> if it's that important, just leave. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's all to say. One thing, I love, I love the excitement of a crowd seeing a movie. So I yeah. don't mind if it's crowded. That's fair. I, I do. Like I do that. wish people had better manners, and, yeah. and manners are worse now than they were pre pre cell phone. Yes. Like when you were packed into a theater, it was very, it was pretty uncommon that people would talk a lot. There has, I've gone to movies where I remember seeing the Kurt Russell film Executive Decision. I think it's called, and okay. um, 
there's these two guys that sat in front of me and they talked the entire movie oh. to each other, but mostly about like the military equipment in the movie. Hmm. So be like, oh, that's a one four eighty. That's a blah 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 blah. Yeah, that you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, oh, boring. I know. This is like, save it for your podcast. <laughs> We're talking about it at the talk about it at the restaurant after the movie's yeah. over, not during the movie. Yeah, you ding dongs. Hmm. I do think. I think that. I think I've only seen a couple movies in the states, mm-hmm. and I think I've only seen one like sort of mainstream movie yeah. in the states because often. Not often, but some sometimes before COVID, we would go to Bellingham yeah. to like independent theaters there to see movies that weren't showing in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we saw, well, Duncan and I saw it and you and mom saw it. I saw Colossal. Yeah. Like that. Which even though it was filmed here, wasn't <laughs> shown in theaters here. Yeah. It was like um, the house that she lives in in that movie that she like her, like her parents' house or whatever that she moves to. Yeah. That's a house that is just down the street from Duncan's parents' house. Like, I drive past it every time I go to Duncan's parents' house. Huh. Um, but the movie wasn't shown here. It was shown in <laughs> Bellingham. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, when we saw Frozen yes. in Seattle, yeah. I felt like the crowd was a lot more boisterous than they are but here. I didn't mind that. No, no, that was fine. Because, like, that was more of, like, an excitement thing yeah, than, yeah. like, a yeah. um, like a talking thing. Like, people yeah. weren't, like... Well, say the time People we saw, weren't like having conversations. Yeah. Say the time we had the misfortune of seeing Sex in the City too oh, in the yeah. movie theater. And the woman behind us yeah. kept making comments to the screen like, oh no, Carrie, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Like that That's was fine. Great. That's fine. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. It was, the, it was more entertaining than the movie. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Wait, you didn't enjoy seeing those two uh, six-year-old people have oh, sex in a car? God. <laughs> so old. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I'm old. I didn't want to see it. <laughs> But it, yeah, it's, uh, I don't mind, yeah, I don't mind, like, when we went to see that movie, film through, and I'd never been to a theater, I never had experience like that with people talking to a screen that way, besides, and that woman wasn't yelling at the screen, though, she was just no, kind of talking. she was whispering. She was kind of talking. It was like, her, yeah. oh, no, Carrie, don't do it. She's just excited and, yeah, because yeah. couldn't help herself, but when we were down there, yeah, people were, like, like, literally, like, speaking out loud, like, like, you go get her, girl, or whatever, yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. like, cheering, and, <laughs> like, a lot of, like, hooting and hollering going on, yeah, like, yeah. woo <laughs> like that kind of stuff and yeah and that was know. that was kind of entertaining yeah, i don't know if i'd fun. like it all the time but it was entertaining yeah in that, in it that well situation. it did kind of feel like when you go to like a midnight movie mm-hmm. and there is kind of like a interaction level that's expected yeah like yeah. it can and i mean like it worked for frozen as well mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't i don't think it would have worked for like there's definitely movies it wouldn't have worked for yeah yeah but just like a fun silly disney movie um ex machina you stab him girl <laughs> she's not a girl she's a robot <laughs> Shaped like a girl. Could be a toaster. You're going to cheer a toaster stabbing someone? Weirdo. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was just thinking about Janet from The Good Place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a girl. <laughs> she, she knows herself. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Let's uh, let's get to our next song, Mary. Quit interrupting okay. the show with your with your nonsense. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Keep on talking about stuff. It's fun. Okay. Or second thought. No, stop talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're very agreeable. I've never seen you so agreeable. Okay. Ooh. All right. I'm just, uh, oh, I just. Uh, sorry, uh, I, I ran out. I just left my audio going. Was that? <laughs> I hope it. I hope it. Uh, I hope it came up at appropriate times. <laughs> I left my robot here okay. in place of me. That's why you stabbed me. <laughs> All right. Uh, this song. This, this band is O O One. Sorry, O O I O O. This is once again world music, Mary. They're from Japan. Okay. From the album Niji Musi, that came out in... 2020. Very good. This song is Kawasimi-a, or is it Kawasemi-a? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. It sounds like she's saying see me in the song, but it's spelled with an E in the... And I, I contacted my, my good friend, Nina Matsumoto, and yes. I said, Nina, what does Kawasimi Kawasimi ah mean? And she said, that means kingfisher ah. Oh. So the ah is meaningless. Okay. Other than as an ah sound. Right. But Kawasimi means kingfisher. Cool. So when you hear her saying Kawasimi during the song, then you know that she's saying kingfisher. I did cool. not get Nina to translate the rest of the lyrics for me or what Nijimuzi means, and I wish I had, but I didn't. So this uh, album came out in Mary. It was very early on in the year. Was it March? It was January. It was January. So here we go, everyone. This is O-O-I-O-O, a name that rolls right off the tongue. Hmm.
All right, and we're back. And Mare, yes. uh, speaking of someone, a band influenced by Krautrock, what did you think of O-O-I-O-O? Well, despite this um, this song being named after a bird, yeah, I didn't love it. You didn't love it? Well, I don't think you thought that I would like it, to be honest. I don't know, why not? I don't think it's, that you would expect that. It's a funky that. song, it's, it's rocking. Well, it's very dissonant. Yeah, that's also good. But it's dissonant in a, in a Asian way. Because okay. they have a different scale than we do, right? Not exactly certain. Certain of all the rules of how their 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 harmonies work, but they're slightly different than ours. So when we listen to Chinese or Japanese music, mm-hmm. often we'll, our, our thought is, "Oh, it's out of tune," but it's not. It's just it's tuned to their particular right. scale. So these these women are singing. It's all all girl band. They're like the Spice Girls, but of of uh, Japanese noise rock, right? And they're singing. Yeah, they're singing in tune, but to and they all to, have a character. Uh, they all have a character. That's right. And they they're do. all different. They all dressed up as different types of kingfishers. <laughs> that's what they did. So they were founded by a woman who was a member of a band called The Boredoms. Wait, wait. I have something else to say about the song. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I thought you were all done. Nope. thought you were finished. You no, just you knocked just it. You inter- knocked it on its head. No, you just interrupted me. Um, I apologize. So dad yeah. was very upset because he couldn't fit this entire mix onto one CD. I wouldn't say I was upset, but I... And I was like, this song's eight minutes long. Of course you couldn't. You have an eight minute long song. You have one song on here that is the length of four songs. Of course you're not going to be able to fit 20 songs It's not exactly true. A modern song nowadays is about four minutes long. So even if I had left this this song off, I still couldn't have fit it onto... Right. Even if I had replaced this song with another four minute long song, I still couldn't have fit it all onto one CD. So Mary? All right, Dad, continue talking about this band. <laughs> so, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you in your, in your uh, thoughts, That's all right. thoughts on the song. No worries. I thought once you said that you didn't like it, you were done. <laughs> nope. But, uh, no, it is a problem. I, you're right. I mean, it's not just this song is eight minutes long. There are other longer songs on here. But it's just that modern music is so is much, so much longer than old. Like That's why with when I do a mix of 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and 80s songs or 90s songs, I can fit that all, you know, I can fit 21 songs or so onto a, onto one CD. Right. Because there's songs from the 60s that are two minutes long. Yeah. That makes up for the fact that the 90s ones, or the the 90s ones are four minutes long. Yeah. And, but I don't have that option listening to these, this music, all these songs come from the same year, Mary. Can you guess what year it is? 1984? Wrong. Oh, so close. Eh, no, we're not close at all. Wasn't I? Not, <laughs> years off, years off the so mark. Sounds like 36 years off, but... <laughs> Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close when you consider, consider how the years. length of the universe or the time of the universe, like the how the age of the universe. Well, that's true. But when you consider the arbitrary way that we figure out that we're a twenty twenty, mm-hmm. really, it's mm-hmm. not that long. Wait, what? We're not measuring the age of the universe here, Mary. No, I know. We're just simply measuring from an arbitrarily placed time in the past yes. to now. I realize. And so that's much a much shorter period. Mm-hmm. Thus, you were way off the mark. An embarrassing amount. What? And I think you should feel ashamed of yourself. That doesn't seem very fair. No. Shame right. is what you should be feeling okay. right now. All right. So this uh, woman named uh, Yoshimi O, the O is capitalized, founded this group. But she was in a group called the Boredoms. And she played drums. She was also the trumpeter and vocalist in that group. In 1996, she was asked to do a photo shoot for a magazine in Japan. And so she invited some of her girlfriends along. And they decided they were going to create a fake band for this photo shoot called O-O-I-O-O. But after the photo shoot, they decided it would be fun to ha- make the band a real band. And so that's how the band started. So this is their eighth album. They've been together for quite a while. 
but it's their first album in seven years. So their last album was in 2013. And in that time, one of the members of the band, a founding member, the guitarist Kyoko, passed away in 2015. Uh-huh. So they brought in a new member, not a new guitar player, but a, a drummer named Mishima. And she kind of brought in this new style into the band that's kind of changed the way they wrote music and they changed their kind of style. And so they, they stripped back all the instrumentation. Instead of having like a lot of guest musicians and stuff like that, they, before they had like someone like Cornelius would appear on their albums and things. But this one, it's all just them together doing the album by themselves. And so you get, you know, Yoshi, Yoshimio's uh, guitar and her trumpet playing in this song, which is pretty good as well. And you get that fantastic, like, March-style drums in the song. Like, I think this song is just great. Like, it's just a really fun, fun song. Like, the drums, you know, just propel it along. And the guitars are great. And the noise is great. And the singing's great. And I love the end of the song when they just do the acapella section. And it's and it's done in, in that very strange harmony that it's a dissonant harmonies. Yep. And, you know, you can complain about that. It's no different than Leggetti, you know, who would do... And dissonant choral pieces, you yeah. know, in modern modern music, modern classical music. So well, I'm just I'm just not a big fan of dissonance in music, which I think I have sort of shown mm. over my um, my opinions. Yeah, along here, I generally tend to not love a song if it's if it's dissonant. Okay, so you didn't like this song? No, that's too bad. No, can't I, like them all. I'm certain that one or two people. I like these all all these songs, but I'm certain that one or two people will like this song. Well, not everyone can like everything, Dad. <laughs> so that was the final song of side of side two of our first album yep. of our top 20 and of 20. so we're done all right so let's <laughs> say bye to the people and we can go inside and eat some pizza no we're not uh, what no oh. To go here, oh what okay <laughs> we're gonna push them all into one show that's today that's funny because we've already been recording for like wait an hour and a half nothing that's pretty good yeah that's, okay. that's fine that's nothing for us it's true <laughs> Not wrong. All right, let's keep going. Come on, Dad. What's the next song? So the next group, Mary, is a group. I think you probably like this song. This is the Jayhawks. Okay. Yep. From the album XOXO. Mm-hmm. So hugs and kisses that came out in 2020. Oh, you should have said 2020. Oh, I should have said 2020-2020. It came out. Which month did it come out, though, Mary? March. Oh, July. July. So close. So close. Okay. So let's give a listen to the Jayhawks with the song "Living in a Bubble."
the Jayhawks. What did you think of that? I could, guess I could call this song Beatlesque, and it's you could it, call it Beatlesque, and it's piano, piano, use of piano. And... You know what it reminded me of? Mm. Jeffrey Frederick. Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, I liked it. Mm. That it was a fun song. Yep, it was pretty nice. And yeah, I, I, it was reminiscent to me of um, some Jeffrey Frederick songs. Oh, interesting, but not a song by Golden Smog. I don't think so. What's that? There's a song in there. What is it called? Till there was you, there was you. Until you came along. Until you came along. That was the one. Yeah. Yep. This is the same singer songwriter. This oh, is, is Gary Lewis. Hmm. Is the is the uh, the 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 leader of this of the Jayhawks. Yep. Wasn't always. He was once co-leader with a guy named Mark Olson, who was kind of the main songwriter in the group. Mm-hmm. But Mark Olson left the band in the in the early 2000s to look after his wife, who's a, another singer songwriter named Victoria Williams who had developed a degenerative disease. So oh, he, no. he took time away from the band and to look after her. Actually, I said early 2000s, right? Yeah, early 2000s. Yep. But yeah, the band formed in 1985, part of the Tri-Cities, no, no, not Tri-Cities, Twin Cities scene. So Minneapolis and St. So Minneapolis, Minnesota is connected across a river to St. Paul, Michigan. And so they make up the Twin Cities. And oh, so really? They were members of... Uh, their... I never knew. I've heard Twin Cities before. Hmm. Never really knew what it was. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. The two cities that, yeah, share are so close together that they're basically basically the same. Right. Kind of like Vancouver, Washington, and and Portland, Oregon. Like you'd almost call them twin cities in a way too. Except Vancouver is such a tiny, tiny city. Yeah. It's not worth even mentioning. True. Except for it shares a name with another Vancouver. A better Vancouver. Yeah, North Vancouver, the best Vancouver. (laughs) The best Vancouver, the wettest Vancouver. (laughs) So yeah, Gary Lewis, leader of the Jayhawks, but also for a while was was a member of the Midwest Music Collective, the uh, Golden Smog. Cool. Which I only, like Golden Smog. I only well, have I the like, one CD. I yeah. like um, yeah. Until, until, until there You was, Came Along. Or Until You Came Along. Yeah. That song is great. It I, is. I don't think I made it, made it onto a mix of exchange. But I played it. You did. I did. I talked about Mary, nice. Gary Luris. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. All right. So let's listen <sighs> to a ne- our next song then. Excuse me. I coughed. You're allowed to cough. It's true. I've been vaccinated. I'm good. That's true. You have been vaccinated. That's good. Okay, so this is uh, this is Caban is the name of the artist. Caban. Caban. C a b a n. E. C a b a n e. Yeah. Okay. So it's more world music. It features Bonnie Prince Billy. Okay. And Kate Stables. So let's give a listen to Sang Sango Kaku from the album Grande et l'Amazon. Mer, can you guess what? What? Twenty twenty. No, nice try. Du mille et vent. Oh. Du mille et vent. Or 2020. I guess I should have <laughs> yeah, said it in French. You should have said it in French, Mary. I didn't. Anyway. Can you guess what month it came? March. So close, Mary. Juin? Wow. Ah. <laughs> March. You're right. <laughs> I was right. It was yeah, March. You're right. But I didn't say it in French. You didn't say it in French, so you're wrong. So, everyone, let's give a listen to Sengu, Sengu Kaku. Here we go.
summer's light high We are safe now Sitting in the dark house At that time Living in the backyard And the children Singing at the sky Silences Sangokago Trees waiting for the dawn She is standing Pictures We're all around the fire Books and treasures All coming from the past Back into your home now You won't talk much Sitting in the dark house Silences Sangokaku trees Waiting for the dawn She is standing From the winter's light down We are safe now Sitting in the bright house Silences Sangokaku trees Waiting for the dawn She is standing and feelings about Sangukaku? The first time I listened to it, I yeah. thought it was okay. I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my favorite. Second time I listened to it, I liked it more. Mm. Um, the singing by Bonnie Prince Billy, I just like how vulnerable his voice sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. It. And there is a little bit of dissonance, so I can see where you kind of stepped 
stepped away from it because uh yeah he uh when he and kate stable sing together often it's in very nicely in tune but there's a, a moment in the song where they kind of go into a more dissonant section and they hmm. can see where you probably went yee dad <laughs> don't put music that dissonant is dissonant <laughs> so cabin is the nom de tune of belgium composer thomas jean henri who is joined on the song by bonnie prince billy mm-hmm. nom de tune of will oldham okay who also performs as palace music okay and is an actor and you, have you ever seen Ozark, the TV show Ozark? I watched the first episode and then I got bored. Oh, okay. Then you have not seen him. But he is, that's where I last saw him acting. He played he played Ruth's uncle, Ruth's gay uncle on the show. Hmm. If, so if you've seen it, then you've seen Will Oldham acting. And he is the one singing the song. Kate Stables is better known as This Is The Kit. And so Thomas Henri has recruited them to sing. The, he's not a singer. Right. So he brought in, brought them into the project. Wait, sorry, did you say he's French? He's a Belgian, but I guess... Belgian. But French-Belgian. Right. Rather than a Walloon, who's a more of a Flemish, they speak the Flemish language. Right. Sorry, everyone. My notes are still a mess. I thought I'd got them together in fairly good hey, order, but... Uh, Remember what I said earlier? Boat. That whole number thing? <laughs> Numbering. Well, Mayor, hmm? you can number, but what does that get you? Organization? Yes. Okay. Hmm. You missing a page? Maybe not. Oh, I guess not. I guess it's this, you know what, this printing is so light, I didn't realize it was oh. down here on the bottom, the fun note, which I knew anyway. I don't know where to look at it because it's orchestration by Sean O'Hagan from the High Llamas. Like, okay. I knew that. Yeah. I didn't have to look it up. Right. I just got panicky because I thought I was missing a page. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Sean O'Hagan did the orchestrations for this. So there you go. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yep. Because I, I liked it quite a bit. It's quite a nice album. I would say it's kind of Nick Drake-like. Mm, not yeah, necessarily in the singing, but the the instrumentation yeah, and the yeah. way that songs are arranged i can see that has a real sense of that to me and i i'm a big nick drake fan i know you're not but uh, i like what? him a lot i'm a nick drake fan dad going around spreading lies <laughs> spreading lies all right let's move on to the next song there all right what's it called this song is waxahatchee and who's it by oh sorry this song did i say what i did i meant to, that was the name of that dad i'm sorry i'm sorry uh the song is called can't do much okay by waxahatchee okay from her album saint cloud Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is a great name for an album. It is. It came out in the year... 2020? You are correct. Nice. Can you guess the month? August. March. <laughs> God. See, I said, I said, as soon as I stop guessing March, it's going to be March. <laughs> <sighs> oh, dear. So let's uh, let's give a listen to Waxahachie and Can't Do Much, everyone. <laughs>
about it now How do you feel about Waxahachie? I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a nice song. Yes. It's pretty cute. Okay. And I like her singing. I like her singing a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's really good. This is the first This is the first album by her that I've liked though. Mm. There's nothing else she's done before that I thought was very good. Hmm. But she's really stripped back her sound for this album. Oh, okay. Like it's much more... Acoustic? Much more acoustically based and more, it's just arranged a little differently. She brought in uh, Josh Kaufman. Okay. One of the members of Bonnie Light Horseman. Right. Came in and helped no produce it. No relation to Charlie Kaufman, as we discussed before. No relation before. to Charlie Kaufman. But he is, however, related to Bonnie Light Horseman. And then since he's a member. Yes. And so, yeah, he he um, plays on it and produces it. And uh, apparently the album was written after Crutchfield stopped drinking. She decided to go on the wagon. And the album kind of was, a reflect, was reflecting back on her life and mistakes. Yeah. And embarrassing things that she's done mm-hmm. up until that point. And there's other really good songs in that album. It's a really good album. I highly recommend it. St. Cloud. Cool. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her to make some say, course corrections in her life. and, and Yeah. Uh, and also to um to look back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with like a critical eye. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And hopefully forgive herself. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's quite good. All right. Are we ready for the next song, Mary? Yes. This what is, is it? This is Jackie Lynn. Okay. The song is called Odessa. Okay. Which I, I assume is a reference to a Odessa, Texas, from the album. Ja- about, or maybe Odessa in the Ukraine. No. Oh. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. The album is called Jacqueline. So her name is, this album's name is Jackie, or the artist's name is Jackie Lynn, J-A-C-K-I-E-L-Y-N-N. Okay. But this album is called Jacqueline, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Okay. It came out in, Mary, can you guess? 2020? The month was? March. April. So yep. close. Yep. But let's give a listen to Odessa. O-D-E-S-S-A I can see human league running away
All right, and we're back. Mare. Yes. Here's another song that if you didn't like it, you would happily cut it off and keep it under. I keep it onto a full CD, but I like the song a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it? I didn't like it <laughs> until about four minutes in. Okay. And then it started to pick up a bit for me. Then you got it? Well, it, I think it just they just kind of changed oh, okay. direction a little bit. And I was like, okay, I get this more. Yeah. Um, it kind of sounded mm-hmm. like free like the free design oh, if they were in the 80s yeah 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 which i think was just because of like the harmonies sure. like the vocal harmonies sure. reminded me a lot of the free design mm. um and then the general sound was very 80s yeah yeah that's what i liked about it now okay so the album itself see the problem with this the problem and the great thing about this song or the so the first thing is jackie lynn is a nom de tune of a woman named Haley four she also goes by the name circuit de you Okay. Circuit de use. Anyway. What? I cir- circuit, I guess. Anyway. But she created this character named Jackie Lynn. And that's what it is. So she puts the character, she puts on a persona as this character of Jackie Lynn. Okay. So it started as a solo project in 2016 with an EP called Jackie Lynn. And for that album, her alter ego was a drug kingpin. Okay. And so the whole album is about telling tales of revenge and redemption and the story of this gangster. Right. Whose name is Jackie Lynn. Yeah. This album... Jackie Lynn is not a drug kingpin. Okay. Jackie Lynn is now a long haul trucker. Okay. That's why I think it's Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, driving across the states, you'd have to right. make it on the southern United States. Yeah. She's, I think she's based in like Virginia. So she's kind of based in the There's south. an Odessa in West Virginia. Oh, is there? Yep. Well, it could even be that then. I didn't realize There's that. There's actually, do you want to hear the list of Odessas in the states? Sure. Delaware, okay. Florida, wow. Michigan, Minnesota, mm. Missouri, Nebraska, New York, Oregon, Texas, Washington, West Virginia. And then there's also a bunch of townships in Kansas, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Wow. Yep. And there's also one in Saskatchewan that has a population of 205 <laughs> and one in Ontario. I wonder why there's so many Odessas out there. I don't know. And then also, of course... Uh, one in oh, and then there's also uh, a new Odessa in Brazil, a new Odessa in the Ukraine, and yeah. then also Odessa in the Ukraine, yeah, yeah, which is the third largest city in the Ukraine. I wonder if well, okay, I can understand in Saskatchewan because we had a flood of Ukrainians who came came into Canada yes. after World War One, mm-hmm. so I can see they would, I can see that they would like have an Odessa there, right. As for the rest of the United States, I don't understand it. Like, maybe they had a big influx of Ukrainians in those areas. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's so many of them too, right? For this album. Haley Ford decided to not do it as a solo album. She recruited a group called the Bitchin' Bajas. It's the name of the group. Apparently a side project for this guitarist keyboard player named Cooper Crane. Now here's the thing. He's a member of another band, Mary. Bitchin' Bajas is a side project. They started in 2010. Since that time, they've released nine albums. Hmm. That's not a side project. No, it's That's not. That's a whole other band. Yes, it is. But anyway, the album is... The album... Like, I could have chosen a more... A more... What's a word? kind of more normal song like a more middle of the road song because there are songs in there that are just kind of normal songs but this song i just love because it's like this weird like weird 80s analog like electronic electronica song and i don't normally like electronica that much although i as you know i do love the human league and what's the first name that they say in the beginning of the song is something about the human league i can't i couldn't find the lyrics for it i looked for the lyrics but it's, it's too new i guess for lyrics Although it came out in April, but there aren't any lyrics out there for it. But it's just been like 40 years, da, 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 human league, da, da, da. so it's, so I'm like, oh, I just, you know, so just doing like a human league thing. You know, I love the human league. So that's just immediately put it over the top for me. Plus it 
really goes goes for a long time so that's great it's great you know great for your dance club if you're doing like a dance club mare mm-hmm. the song will be great yep and uh and also has whooshes and stuff like that in it hmm. just everything i love noise 80s electronics and people people harmonizing hmm. so I, a quick thing about the name odessa yeah i just quickly looked through a bunch in the states yeah and pretty much all of them were named after the odessa in the ukraine okay a couple of them because um they had prominent migrants move okay. from yeah. that area um to the to that area to the town and they sure. renamed it Odessa. One it's unknown why they named it that. One was named uh one was thought well, okay, this one the wife of her husband's brother, so this is very, you know but said that she thought it was named after a place in France. Okay. No, there's no Odessa in France. So it would have been the Ukraine. But like a lot of places too were looking for the name of somewhere that just sounded like unique. Okay. Which is interesting mm. because there's a lot of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's probably that it was like, I don't know, maybe around the time that a lot of these communities were being created, mm. something happened in Odessa that sort of brought it to public attention. And they were like, that's a nice name. <laughs> no one else will name their town after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, curious. Mm-hmm. All right. All should, right. We, should we move on? Yes. Move on to our next song? Yeah, what is it? Well, let's listen to a little bit of Blitz and Trapper. Oh, Blitz and Trapper. We've played them. We played them last last episode. Yep. But uh, here's a song from their newest album, uh, Holy Smokes, Future Jokes, that came out in Mary? Um, 2020? Got it. Nice. What month? March. No. Ugh. September. This is Bardo's Light, bracket Ouija, Ouija, and bracket everybody, from uh, their album Holy Smokes Future Jokes. This is Blitz and Trapper. Old house on the running hill, ramshackle yard to run in. She was sent by her mother's ghost, while the father searched for tears. Dark mirror on the dresser's edge, late at night a face appears. Thin night like a reptile tongue, you are my only.
on Blitz and Trapper. I like it. Great. It's a good song. Yeah. I like the singing. Yeah. Enjoyable. Pretty I, fun. I particularly enjoyed the guitars at the end of it. Just love that little run they do on the acoustic yes. guitars. I, lo- I love acoustic guitars doing sections like that where they right. play together in, in a... That's why I love the song by XTC English Roundabout so much. Mm, okay. That it uses... Uh, maybe it's not acoustic guitars. Maybe it's electric. But anyway, they have like a acoustic guitars playing in that song. Right. I'm pretty sure. But it's, uh, it's good. Bardo's Light apparently is a transitional phase between life and death in Tibetan Buddhism. Oh, so this album is about the no man's land between life and death. Hmm. The songs deal with life and with death mm-hmm. and in transition. So kind of an interesting way to approach an album. Yeah. Cool. Blitz and Trapper. They're good. They are good. Played them a couple times. Yep. I saw them play live. They were quite good. Nice. Problem is we saw them play at a club with a stage that was at the same level as the floor. Oh. So it was hard to see the group play. Mm, yes. Mom had to sit on your shoulders. Mom had to sit on my shoulders. That's right. And I couldn't see anything because she was wearing a dress that night. <laughs> like that. Anyway, what's the next song, Dad? <laughs> like what? That her dress was hanging in front of my face? Yeah. Hmm. What's our next song, Dad? Our next song, Stephen Malkmus. Hmm. From his album, his solo album, mm-hmm. Traditional Techniques, mm-hmm. that came out in the year... 2020? You are correct. What month do you think it came out? March. Right on. Yes. This is Stephen Malkmus with... Exian man. Of course, Exian is hipster way of writing Christian because they are too cool to write Christian music. So even though they like outsider Christian music, mm-hmm. they they identify it by calling it Exian music. Right. Get it? That okay. way we're still got our, we still got our hipster uh, credo hmm. or cred? They've, cred, I guess. Cred. Credibility. Maybe they're doing it that way so that they don't get a 24-hour ban from Facebook. Why? Does Christian give you a 24-hour ban yeah. from Facebook? Well, this predates that kind of stuff, but... Uh, mm. Really? You can't say you're a Christian on Facebook? No, no. You can't say bad things about Christianity on Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, if you say, like, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Why? I mean... Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, like, a pretty obvious bias there, but... All right. Since I've reported some, like, pretty hateful pages on Facebook, some, like, pretty, like, racist, hateful pages, yeah. and been told, like, nah, this is fine. <laughs> okay. Strange. All right, so let's give a listen to Stephen Malkmus with Exian Man from 2020. Traditional techniques, everyone. You don't need headlights to see. Open your mind back to the love of a Christian man. The wheels do stop. 
Stephen Malkmus thoughts? It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was pretty fun, but you know. You didn't hate it. That's didn't some, hate that's it. something. That's yeah. something with Stephen Malkmus. Sure something with Stephen Malkmus. <laughs> Feels like I we made a step we made a step forward in your recovery. Yeah. Well, I don't know about recovery. No, no, Mary, it's recovery. It seems... Apparently something ha- terrible happened when you listen to a 
Pavement or a Stephen Malkmus song one time. And it's... I like Pavement. Mm-hmm. I like Spit on a Stranger. One song. What's that other song of theirs that I like? What's uh, that other one? Half a Canyon? Nope. Uh, strange Architecture? Yeah. Like strange Sorry, brave, brave architecture. No, I think it is strange. Is, is it strange? It brave oh, architecture. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna be, might be conflating other songs with that. Brave captain. No brave architecture. No strange architecture. All right. So, like I said, this is his, this is his second solo album. Oh, brave architecture. Brave architecture. Thank you, man. He did an album with the Jicks in 2018 called Sparkle Hard, and it was a bit of a departure for him. New sounds, new instrumentation on that album, kind of stretched the limits of the Jicks. And I don't know if he's. I don't know if they're done. I don't know if the band is done. I don't know if the Jicks are over yet or over now. Because he went on... I don't know if he actually did it, but he was supposed to go on like tour with Pavement for a reunion get-together, make a little bit, put a bit of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. But but he did... But he... Anyway, so he did that involved the Jicks. So the Jicks were off for that. And then while he was recording Sparkle Hard, they recorded it at a studio in Portland called Half Halfling Studios, which I guess because Hobbit is re- registered, so they call it Halfling is fine. But um, they... He was there and he noticed all these like traditional stringed instruments on the walls of the studio. And he's like, oh, that would be kind of cool to do like an album of just using like acoustic acoustic instruments for the right. most part. Like and, a lute? Well, like lutes or zabukis and mm-hmm. and zithers and mm-hmm. just acoustic guitars yep. and 12-string acoustics and cool. banjos and ukuleles and all those sort of things, right? So, so he's kind of like taken by that and he's sort of thinking. And then I think also he was kind of, you know, well, there's a song in there called Exian Man. I just think kind of outsider music of that sort has become kind of popular, whether it's the um, the Domino series. I think they're called Domino. No, Numero Uno? That's what that, sorry. Do, Numero Uno is the name of the record label. Where they did that Wayfaring Stranger series of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so you got those, the, the Ladies of the Canyon one, or uh, Wayfaring, uh, not Wayfaring Strangers, uh, Lonesome Heroes, mm-hmm. which is like a male version of that. So, right. it's, you know, sort of outsider, outsider. And then there's one called Guitar Soli. Okay. S-O-L-I, which is influenced by John Fahey and Leo Kotke and people like that that kind of were very popular in the, in the 60s, early 70s, who were these really like super ad- adept guitar players. And so and so that became popular. And so this is like a bunch of people who did that stuff, but they weren't popular enough to be on a label. Right. It's so weird to me. Like they weren't even popular enough to get on John Fahey's label. <laughs> but but for whatever reason, they did they weren't. But, you know, so... So it was popular, you know, so I think he's kind of drawing from that sort of tradition. So he's he's drawing from kind of like the the outsider Christian music that you would hear like from small, you know, private label stuff that might be like produced by a church for a mem- you know, for a congregant who's talented musically or something that parents paid for or something that a person was able to earn enough money that they could print up a record and sell it at their shows when they're playing around in bars and things. And so that's kind of what he's drawing from for for this for this for this record. This wasn't a Jix project. It was a solo project. So he brought in a couple of friends, a guy named Chris Funk, who plays a bunch of instruments in the Decemberists, and another guy named Matt Sweeney from from a couple of bands, uh, Chavez and and Zwan. He came in and 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 they put together this al- this album. It's pretty. It's quite good. This is my favorite song on it. But there's other good songs on it too. If you liked if you like that song, you might like others, as they say. So traditional techniques. It's quite good. See, the year before that, he did this, an album called Groove Denied, which was this first solo album. Okay. Not his first solo album in name, because his first album with the Jicks is called Stephen Milkmas. Oh, okay. Because the record label wouldn't let him put the Jicks name on the label. Right. Because they wanted people to buy the record because of his name. Not, right. Not be called the Jicks. So then he then he compromised by calling it Stephen Milkmas and the Jicks for right. their second album. But these are his first two real uh, real solo albums. Groove Denied, which is like a electronica and a post-punk stuff. It's pretty good. 
and then this album of traditional techniques of, yeah. of like kind of folk folk acoustic stylings. Well, I mean, like some, some electric instruments. Stephen Malcolmus doing acoustic stuff definitely sort of takes away his ability to do a lot of the things that I don't like that he does. Long solos? Not well. I don't know. Just like I feel like it is harder to be dissonant <laughs> with um, acoustic stuff, you know. Oh, that's funny that bugs you that much. That's that's weird. I never didn't. Know I just that. don't like. Well, like often when I don't like a song, I'll say it's because like I didn't like it because it was too dissonant. I just thought you didn't like songs because they're too round. Um, no, I don't think I've ever had that problem. That's what you. That's your criticism of uh, Nellie McKay last time. Oh, well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> can't be too round, but you also can't be too pointy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, it's so confusing for them, Mary. What a hurry. It's so hard. What a hoop to jump through. It's so narrow. Can't even throw a dime through that. Mm-hmm. Okay, other song. Mary, you thought I you thought I had chosen Sophia and Stephen's song for this, but I did not. Hmm. The Ascension did not make the grade for ah. me. It did not make it onto my top 20 of 20. Yep. But but the album Aporia oh, did. Oh, by Sophia and Stephen's and his, and Lowell. Lowell Brams, yes. Lowell Brams, his stepfather. That's right. So this album came out in, uh, can you guess what, what year it came out? 2020? What month, do you think? I think March. Correctamundo. Nice. The song is called The Runaround. Mm-hmm. This uh, is from the album Aporia. And we'll tell you about it when we come back. Let's sit back and enjoy it. This is an instrumental for the most part, everyone, but it's uh, it's very fun. Let's give it a hear. Ing.
All right, and we're back. And Mary? Yes. Well, I know you like Sufjan Stevens. I do like Sufjan Stevens. But you're not a huge fan of uh, Enjoy a Rabbit. No. You're not a you're a so-so fan of A Sun Came. Yes. Uh, you don't like the BQE, which is another uh, instrumental album uh, yes, collection. Or another true. collection of instrumentals. True. So what do you think of this album? Well, I'm not a big fan of instrumentals in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did find this one was a little bit too instrumental focused for me. Okay. I need lyrics to hold on to. Wow. wow. You know, or I just can't. Totally meaningless to me. Yeah. No, that's all right. Well, it's not about the meaning. It's just about the sound of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if there's nothing, like for me, lyrics provide humanity to a song. Hmm. If I don't hear, if there's no, if there's not someone singing, then it feels too alien to me. Mary, don't be scared. If Mm. no one's singing, it's not being played by a bunch of human stabbing robot women. How am I supposed to prove that? Yes, that's true. It is hard to, to know. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's going to be a bunch of a bunch of toasters stabbing people. <laughs> could be that. A bunch of Alicia Vikanders. It could be that. Running around playing <laughs> instruments and also stabbing people. So yeah, Stevens had a productive 2020. He, of course, produced his own album, The Ascension, mm-hmm. yep. which is a, an electronic album. That's why it is not on this list, basically. I know Jackie mm-hmm. Lynn made it on and it's electronica. Yep. I can't decide what I like and don't like, folks. I have no control over this. No control over it. Sure. Just, I go where I want. Yep. And you follow me and you go, Dave, you went too far. <laughs> but We follow you and we go, Dave, I don't like the look of this alley. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he put out The Ascension that came out in September. Mm-hmm. But this album, this collaboration, mm-hmm. was a collaboration and a thank you to his stepfather, Lowell Bram. So Lowell Bram, who is name-checked for one of uh, Sufjan Stevens' best albums, Lowell, Karen yep. Lowell. He was briefly married to, to Sufjan Stevens' mother. Mm-hmm. And even after their separation, which she had a lot of problems, she had addiction issues and she also had mental health issues. Yep. But he still remained involved in the kids, in his, in his stepkids. stepkids' life. I don't even yeah. know if they were married or not, but let's just say they were. Yeah. They were in, 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 in the sense that for a number of years, Sufjan Stevens, Sufjan and his brothers and sisters got to go to Oregon mm-hmm. and stay for the summer summer the summer school vacation for two months with yeah. with his mom and with with Lowell Brown mm-hmm. and a, he was close enough to the kids that he remained involved in their lives even when he and Carrie broke uh, you know broke up broke separated up. Yeah. yeah and and I think that that relationship was very important for Sophia and Stevens I think for all of the kids probably it was for all of them yeah. I think their dad had issues as well with mental yeah. health issues I mean he has said that growing up it wasn't like they weren't a family. Mm-hmm. They, it was like it was more like a business transaction. Okay. Like there was just no, not really much love or sentimentality yeah. present in the family. Yeah. Because there were so many kids, and I don't think there's a lot of money going around. And yeah, I think there was a lot of issues that the parents had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of which is like alluded to in songs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And to have someone who would fly out to visit, mm-hmm. or would send mixtapes of music that he that he. Yeah. Liked or thought that Sufjan would like or thought that the kids would like. Mm-hmm. He bought Sufjan his first keyboard. He bought him his recording equipment that he used to start recording his songs and stuff. Yeah. So he was a big support. And then he also co-founded, it was as, his suggestion, but yeah. he co-founded... As, as, asthmatic his Kitty Records. Yeah, Asthmatic Kitty Records and was the kind of president, CEO of it. Mm-hmm. And basically facilitated Sufjan's album. So Sufjan... All he had to do was just make the records and stuff like that. And he had this person who unbelievably did not rip off his own yeah. uh, stepson. You know, he 
he facilitated his recordings. He signed friends of Sufjan to the label. Yeah. He acted as a go-between between, you know, the other record companies and Sufjan mm-hmm. and basically, you know, created an environment where Sufjan could create and didn't have to worry about all the business elements yeah. of it. And so during that time, he and Lowell would get together when they when they were able to, and part of their get-togethers was to play music together. Right. And they would record these songs and stuff like that. And so what Sufjan did after Lowell Brahm retired in 2019 mm-hmm. was he took all these, I think it was like 43 hours of, of tapes, wow. and he went through them all, and he edited his favorite things down into yeah. this... No, I'm sorry, not 43 hours, that's wrong. But they did have hours and hours. Right. He, he uh, edited down to 43 minutes of okay. album time. Sorry. I confused myself in my mind as I'm talking here. So yeah, so so it's a it's basically like kind of a new wave, but in a respectable new wave, not in yeah. a Wyndham Hill like lame right. flutes, flutes and birdsong new wave yeah. kind of stuff, but in kind of a fun like you know, there's like a rock sensibility to it too. Like this song has like a certain amount of like toughness to it. Yeah, it's not just like for meditating too. Right. You know, it's got an it's got a good. And the and if you look on the video, I think the video is of kids riding motocross bikes to or something like that. I can't mm. remember now. It's been a while since I, I watched it, but it's a really good album, I think. It, so aporia is defined in the dictionary as a logical impasse or contradiction. Hmm. But I don't know if that makes sense in terms of this and this what what this album represents. Kind of a weird term for it, but that's well. Fun. I wonder if it's like the like the contradiction between like his personality and Lowell's personality or between like creativity and business Mm -hmm. and like um, Lowell's contribution and allowing Sofiane to keep those separate for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where like you like that allowed him to not get bogged down Mm. with like the running the business side of it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it was Lowell Brahms who, you know, after he did enjoy your rabbit said to him, why don't you do a record that we could sell? Yeah, why don't you make something that'll make us some money? Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we're going to go down the drain. But also I think that was a good spur to him to like, to, it's basically what he's saying to him is, I think it's time that you were less self-indulgent. Yeah. And got more indulgent. Got more, no, got more, you know, mm. kind of lock into what you want. Like if you yeah. really want to be a musician, then you have to think in terms of being a working musician, of having music that you can play and, 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 uh, you know, and have music that you can, you know, record and sell, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you can be self-indulgent if you want. Right. But first you need to have like a body of work behind you, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like Peter Baggy says, you live off the sweat of your youth when you're at, when you're older, you know, what you create when you're young is what you can live on when you're old. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you create, that's a, that's a good way to think of life. Yeah. You know, if you create good relationships with your kids, then you will have them when you're older. I'm doomed. <laughs> yeah, and like if you yeah, like treat treat yourself well, right? And like make sure that you use your brain and use your body, right? Like there's less chance of getting Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Like you see a lot of, I see a lot of people at work who just don't spend time using their brains. Hmm. And they just you start to lose that stuff, right? Like if you don't if you're not like reading and doing puzzles and like staying active with your mind, then you start to lose that. Hmm. What about watching Dark Shadows? Does that help? I guess it helps with Dark Shadows related knowledge. <laughs> so I guess it depends on how much you value that Dark Shadows related knowledge. Just All right, let's hear another song, Mary. Okay, what is it? This is this is the kit. Oh, okay. Which we've talked about. You mentioned. We mentioned this is a kit because we had a song. We had Sango Kaku, the Kavan song, featuring Kate Stables. Kate Stables is this is the kit. 
it's one of those things where it's not really a band, but a person who's taken on the name like a band. Right. Like Destroyer. Like Destroyer, yes. This is uh, Off, Off, On Mm -hmm. from the album Off, Off, On Mm -hmm. that came out in uh, what year do you think, Mary? 2020. Spot on, my dear. Ah, What what month? What month do you think? April. Eh. October. October. Okay. So here we go. is the kit well let me ask you a question Good before question. you before you answer this question oh yeah i want to ask you another question who do you think produced this album it's been a theme running through the show oh that guy that guy from that thing not related to um 
Jake? Oh, no. no. Jerry? What's his first name? Josh. Josh. Josh Kaufman. That's right. <laughs> Our third mention of him today. So he was a busy boy in, yeah, in the year 2020. Yeah. Well, so was Kate. Yeah, she did. Because she was in that other Caban, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and there's someone else here who is in, has been in two things, isn't there? He's been in three things, but... Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Um... <laughs> Oh, I like the song. Oh, good. Yep, it's good. nice. It's a good song. Yeah, it's fun. A little bit of banjo, a little mm-hmm. bit, some nice playing and stuff like that. She's kind of, you know, she she started off as a solo thing, but she's kind of built a band around herself. Right. Uh, we saw her live a couple years ago. She came through town, played played a small club, and that was a lot of fun to see. With not many people there, unfortunately, but uh, it was a really good show, and she had a really nice band with her. And it was weird because I think she's married to one of the guys in the band, and then there's another guy who's like the guitar player, and he's he's like looks like he's in his late 40s early 50s it just seems weird because the rest of them are all really young hipster types you know maybe he's like an uncle she's like this girl (laughs) you know dressed in this very loose fitting clothes wearing gumboots with her hair all piled up on the top of her head playing a banjo and then there's another guy yeah who's like who's like yeah like a bunkular uncle there playing the (laughs) guitar so this was her fifth album though so she's been doing a lot of stuff Um, really good i highly recommend is it called bash it out her third or fourth album it's really good it's really good too okay i don't have much to say about her i do really like her a lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun music. But um, should we move on to the next song, Mary? Yes, what is it? This is someone you like. Someone I like? Yeah, this oh. is Samantha Crane. Oh, yeah, I do like Samantha Crane. We played her song Kathleen before you played yes. it, and I played it. Yep. Because we both like it a lot. And this is from her album, A Small Death, that came out. Uh, Mare, what do you think it came out? Mm, 2020? You are correct. Dad, I have to say, mm-hmm. it's getting a little derivative. What? All the songs from the same year? Well, have some imagination. Let's call it, let's call it thematic <laughs> rather than derivative, Mary. Please. What month do you think it came out? March. July. July. Okay. So this song is called Little Bits. Let's give it a listen, everybody.
right, we're back. We're back, everyone. We were looking at chickens in the backyard, but we're back. One of them got really puffy. Puffy chickens. Yes. That's why she's called Puff Mama. Yep. Ooh, that is why. <laughs> I was looking at them, and one of them is like way lighter than the other one. You yeah, see that? yeah, yeah. That's a smaller one. That's uh, whatever the one. Peck, two peck. Two peck. Yeah. Is that their name? I, two peck and change so often. Two peck and keep track Puff of Mummy. Yeah. What do you think of Little Bits by Samantha Green? I liked it. Mm. Yeah, it's a fun song. Yes, I liked it's very it a lot. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her singing is so great. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, she's really great. And this uh, has another another song in this album called Pastime. That's really good too. Cool. And in fact, it's a really good album. All the I'll way have through. to check it out. Yes, you will have to check it out, Mary. I imagine it's available on Spotify. <laughs> Probably. But I bought the CD. I love borrowing music from Spotify. <laughs> so, Mare. Yes. After the release of Crane's sixth album, which is called You Had Me at Goodbye, which is a great, great title, by the way. She had, wait. Oh, never mind. She was involved in a in three different car accidents Whoa. over the stretch of three months. Oh, wow. And she lost the use of her hands. Oh, what? I know. That's awful. I know. So it took her a year before she could even start moving them again. And then she had to start figuring out how to learn to play the guitar again. Right. But, and so what she did during that time was she would sing... The songs that she was thinking of into a into her phone. Oh, okay. So she had all these tunes, but she did, couldn't play them because she couldn't get her hands on around the guitar neck. But she was able to, through a therapy, to able to start playing again. Oh, thank goodness! But wow. it took a long time. That's so scary. It is. Like especially, I mean, like for everyone. But I feel like if you're, I feel like there are jobs. Well, I mean, I guess it's hard. It would always be. It will. It would always be hard. But I think that especially for someone who made a living from being skilled with their hands. Yeah. One of my biggest fears. Yeah. Is damaging my hand. And yet you drop things in your hands at work all the time. Yeah. I don't drop things on them, but I do get injured, injuries from But mostly from neglectful other people. Right. Who aren't, aren't doing their job properly. Hmm. And that's a different problem entirely. Yes, it is. So yeah, a little bit. So I guess the song, like when I listen to the song, I think it's, I think it's about her. I think it's about her accepting her story. So it's coming to terms with what happened to her life right. and stuff like that. And I think, you know, if you have three car accidents, that sounds like there's a little bit of you happening in these mm-hmm. car accidents too. And maybe you have to take some responsibility. Right. I mean, not necessarily. Eve was I involved know. in like I know, but three car accidents in a month over the summer. Yeah. But they're all rear-enders. So yeah. that's commonly not. But these these weren't rear-enders. These were major collisions because it may cause you that much injury yeah you know so but i mean it's possible too that it was just one that was really bad and two minor ones yeah it's possible i don't know i don't know this whole story yeah it's not out there yeah well yeah that's it's just uh she doesn't she doesn't owe us that right the press release says yeah yeah she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't (laughs) owe us those details no she doesn't she doesn't doesn't at all but uh yeah yeah but i do recommend that album cool if you like that song folks in fact really let me just say i recommend if you like this one song by one of these groups, the album that accompanies it mm-hmm. is also really great. Yep. There's not one album Except here. Except for that one guy <laughs> who you were like, this album's a stinker. Except for this song. Was I? I don't think so. No. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wondered. I mean, that can happen. There can be like albums where the rest of it's not that great. Yep. But no, every one of these albums I would recommend. Like there's not one where I, I just felt like, yeah, the one the song is like a, a save, is, is a, is save, save the album or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, they're all like really good, really good albums. Like everyone's just really keeping their game up. Can I say? Can I say? I'm like, let's finish strong, Mare. All right. Let's end strong. What is it? With Proto Martyr. Okay. This song is called Bridge and Crown. Mm-hmm. From their album Ultimate Success Today. Came out in what year? 2020. Spot on, Mary. Thank you. Right to the end. 
What month do you think it came out? March. Definitive March. July. Dang. There's a lot of Julys this <laughs> there year, too, Dad. There was a lot of Dad. Julys, too. I know. I realized you could that. have... I really could have said that about July, too. Yeah. I was just when I guess when I first started doing them, I didn't do them all in order. Right. I just did them in what interested me in some cases or where oh. I, what, what I had available. Like, okay. Or what I had open, you know, when, when I was looking for stuff. So then I... Right. I uh, yeah, I guess, like, you are looking into Caban, and then that leads you into... Um, this is the kid. This is the kid, or, and then also, or, yeah. or it could be like this is the kid. I already know the story, right? So I'm not that interested in doing this as the right. kid, because we've already talked about them in the past. So yeah. then I'm, I'm like Bonnie Light Horseman. Who are these people? Like, yeah. I've never heard of them before. The reason I haven't is because they're a brand new band. And oh, who, who? Bonnie Light Horseman. Someone yeah. from that was in something else that we did. Yeah, Josh Kaufman. Oh, <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> There'll be a test at the end. Well, I would fail it. <laughs> Dad, right. do not ask me to name a single song we've talked about. <laughs> Let's listen to Proto Martyr. This is uh, Bridge and Crown, everyone. Everybody knows, or they ain't 
Oh, I'm really excited. I don't know why I'm so excited. Last song, Because it's the last song. I guess that's and it. And we're going to eat pizza tonight. Woohoo! Yay, so, pizza. Mary. Yes? Speaking of pizza, mm. what did you think of Proto-Martyr? Pizza. I don't understand the, co- the oh, connection. Oh, I think they're both good. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of pizza. <laughs> yeah? I thought that the song was cheesy. What? No. That's not I, a good... No, I just I don't I didn't think, that at think all. it was cheesy. Yeah, no. Um, no, it actually, it started off kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, spooky song. <laughs> and then I kind of like, you know, yeah, pick- turned into like a normal song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. I liked it. Well, I'm glad you liked it because this song to me is very 80s. Mm. Like when I hear the song, I was like, oh man, this is like Julian Cope. If Julian Cope had like kept being good. Because that's another album I listened to this year was the new Julian Cope album, Self Civil War. And I used to be a huge Julian Cope fan. So okay. I always have to hear the new Julian Cope album. Right. Or, or at least in this case, pick it up because I'm a sucker. Mm-hmm. And I got to say that it wasn't good. Oh. It was not good. It was not good at all. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it's a problem with, that you get. Okay, here's the problem. When you start off as a cult figure, mm-hmm. you, you kind of got two paths you can follow. One is you can take all your your followers mm-hmm. and move to Latin America. <laughs> no, no. I, and then, oh. I mean a cult artist, oh, oh, not a, okay, not okay. a cult gotcha. leader. Gotcha. Not a cult. Sorry. When a cult artist has two paths they can follow, one is into, into self-destruction okay. and obscurity. And the other one mm-hmm. is into... A kind of a, how would I call it? A self-curated uh, career. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. You, but you're defined by your by your listeners. Right. So you, you know, so you kind of like you kind of become a character. So Julian Cope has become a character. He's he's the arch druid, but it's spelled D R O D, right? So that ref- that kind of makes us think of Droog. So he's kind of like a cool guy. You know, he's kind of a cool ruffian, a self-educated... Yeah, cool guy like Alex from Clockwork Orange. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is like but he is like this drug-taking guy who believes in like paganism. You know, he's all... He has a book of like... A book of, uh, exploring the, the uh, history of ley lines and, and, all, the, and all the mystical uh, places in, in, in Britain. is related to like druids and stuff like that. That's why it's called the Arch Druid. And... Because it also has dude in it, too. Don't forget. Sure. And, you know, he took a lot of drugs in the 80s, and that kind of affected him in a way as well. But, but like, so rather than being, like, a guy who sings songs or writes music, he is now a person who has, like, this, this you know, persona to put across in his albums. And so instead of, like, his, like in this song, listen to this song, this guy's voice is part of the mix of the song, right? Like, it's no more important than the guitars or the drums or whatever. It's just part of the mix. But when you listen to the Julian Cope album, his voice is like on top of everything else. It's just like right. this, it's like a vo- it's like you're listening to like a poetry recital with someone playing rock music underneath it, you know. And so it's not a song anymore. It's just a guy like intoning over music, and the music is not that good because the lyrics are more important than the music because what he's telling us is more important than what he's playing for us. Right. Right. We have to know his opinions on the world, the world at large, ley lines, and all these other important things, mm-hmm. and so. It's just kind of boring because it's not music. It's just someone intoning his opinions over top of a dirge, you know, and then with right. with kind of and with long guitar parts in it. And and so when I hear this song, I'm like, oh my god, this is like listening to where he could have gone after his best album, best solo album, which was yes, everyone knows it, "World Shut Your Mouth," the best one. Let's face it, "Fried" is okay. It's okay. I know it's popular because he's wearing a tortoise shell. He's naked except being covered by a giant tortoise shell okay. on the cover, looking at bent over on a beach, staring at a truck that says fried, a little toy truck that says fried on the side of it. Okay. I've never heard of this artist before in my life, but okay. Julian Cope? Yeah. 
Oh, really? I'm sure you've known. If I played a couple of songs by Probably. him, you know him. You know him but... I've just never heard his name before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in the 80s, and then he quickly faded in the late 80s. He was a member of Teardrop Explodes. Mm-hmm. And then he went solo. Mm-hmm. Did a f- some solo albums. And they still solo now, but now he's like, I don't know. It's just like, I still buy it. I mean, I can't, can't hold myself. I'm like, well, I've got all of his other 16 albums. I guess I get it, better get the next one. Then I hear it, and I'm just like, oh, why did I buy this? So long. It goes on and on. I just can't help myself. Idiot. But anyway, Proto-Martyr, Mary. Yep. Uh, are from Detroit, and they formed in 2010, which is kind of interesting because they kind of come after the, the heyday of Detroit, uh, the kind of new, the new wave Detroit of the na- of the noughties, which was like white, the White Stripes. Yep. And um, the Von Bondies and... And other bands like that, if I could think of them, the Dirt Bombs, you know, stuff like that. Like, so these sort of garage rock bands that were popular at the time. And so Joe Casey, who's the lead singer of Proto Martyr, he kind of came out of that scene, but he wasn't, but he kind of, he wasn't really stuck in it. So in 2010, he like put together this band of like relative to him, young guys, right? With him as a lead singer, and it's kind of like Marky Smith in a way that he has like he's sort of like the guy who runs the group, mm. and everyone has to dress a certain way. Not right. that, not that Marky Smith. Did a dress code, but, yeah. you know, he had that kind of, like, leadership quality right. kind of thing. Well, I mean, you have, like, a certain vibe when you're in a band mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're not going to have, like, a bunch of people wearing, like, um, jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers, and then one guy's wearing, like, a suit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, just, it wouldn't work. Um, I wish I could have chosen two songs from this album and p- played them both. You could have. No. But, I mean, Dad. Only one. Per- it's only not one. Dad. Yeah. That is silly. Yeah. Because it's not a mixtape. It is best songs of 2020. <laughs> no, it's fine. And if you think one of those songs is better than another song on here, yeah, no, it's fine. Then you should have included both of them. No, I just wish I could have though. You could have. No, it's either Bridge of Crown or the Worm in the No Bridge and Crown or Worm in the something other. I can't remember what it's called That's now, but silly. But so, anyway, it's so good. Anyway, it's such a great album. Like I highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. In fact, if I was going to say album of the year, I might give it to this album. Yeah. Portal Martyrs hmm. Ultimate Success Today. Super good. If you like hard rock. Mm-hmm. You're going to love this album. Cool. If you like rock and roll, if mm-hmm. you like excitement, mm-hmm. if you like fun in your music, yep. great. All the way through. Well, really you know good. what, Dad? Mm-hmm. I don't like any of those. <laughs> well, well, you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> uh, Proto- well, Proto-Martyr, just so you know, Mary, refers yep. to St. Stephen. Oh. The first Christian martyr, because Proto-Martyr means first martyr. Cool. Doesn't Proto mean before? I guess not in that case. Oh, okay. Cool. Well. I think Proto means, I always think it's Proto as meaning like. The sort of the model of something. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. that's true. That's true. Like, so when I called um, a while ago, I called a song by, who was it? Long Island Sound. I called them Proto Bubblegum. I meant that it even it wasn't quite bubblegum yet, but it's right. sort of the model that bubblegum right. would follow. Yeah. It's like an early, early example of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, Dad, mm. 2020 was quite a year. It was. A lot of things happened. You're right. Many of them bad. It's true. Some of them good. Sure. But I think it was a good year for music. It was a good year for music. I think I all of the songs that you had on there were good. Yeah. Even the ones I didn't love. Yeah. I really enjoyed listening to your mix Thanks. of best songs of the year. Yeah. So thank you for making that. <laughs> thank you, dear. You're welcome. That's really nice. Thank you. I'm all of flesh now. Huh. Oh, good. Well, I'm trying to end <laughs> this because I'm hungry. Sure. And I want to eat pizza. So, Mary, let me ask you a question before we end the show. Uh, is the answer 2020? The answer. <laughs> How is your eyesight? <laughs> Well, that would be a lie because I'm wearing glasses right now. <laughs> yes, mine is negative nineteen fourteen. <laughs> no, my question was: mm-hmm. if they want to, mm-hmm. how can people contact us? Well, 
Uh, one thing that they can do is go to our website, which is sneakydragon.com. So on sneakydragon.com, all of our episodes are posted, and they can, um, like, go to the page for each specific episode and comment there and, um, that. Oh, sorry, Mary. Sorry. We've got a cat in the room knocking to... bottles off the table. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was saying yeah. that people can go to our website. Yeah to reach us, okay. to comment there. Yeah. And then on our website, we also have a contact us page where they can... No, don't get... I'm just putting it there. So. No, you are not. <laughs> uh, we have a contact us page where they can... Dad was putting the bottle back up on the table and knock, knock it down again. Um, we have a contact us page where all of our different places that you can... Uh, ways you can reach us are listed, including our Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon, our Twitter, which is Sneaky underscore Dragon, and our email address, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com All right. and you can also see our mailing address there yes if you go to the uh, contact us on the menu you will find our snail mail address there and you may contact us there all right well thanks everyone for listening to this show that was i really enjoyed making this mixtape i have to be honest with you I think and i, I enjoyed beginning. listening to I'm it i'm glad i was super excited to do this episode and it was cool. it's been a lot of fun so thank you dear thanks dad and thank you party goers for coming and listening and joining us here in the rumpus room we always appreciate your attention yeah and, and yes um you should come to our website and let us know what your favorite song of 2020 was that's a good that's a nice one. Oh, the call to action mary on it on it over here <laughs> yes please come to the website and uh let us know what your favorite song of 2020 yeah. was and you can also email it to us at will, sneaky d at strikey dragon it will not be judged in front of you so please no, write. just quietly behind your back. <laughs> but we'd love to know. We'd love to know. And what you, yeah, what and then like we can to. talk about it on one of our listener email yep. episodes. Yep. We'll, which... probably, we'll probably end end the uh, season with that. Cool. So everyone, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you in a bye week. Yeah, we'll see you in a fortnight. Okay, bye.